This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. David, finally we can stop pretending to like rugby now and go back to talking about sports that are actually good, like pro wrestling and sumo. Yay! <laughs> they had fun. I, tell you, I didn't know it was that long. I didn't know if uh, that that whole uh, rugby World Cup was took up a, like a month almost, it felt like. But yes, um, I don't think I watched that much of it. it the thing about it is, is that it's, A, of course weird time for me but it's um it was like on goofy channels and i don't know i'm talking like dave Meltzer. i couldn't find it i couldn't change the channel (laughs) um if i wanted to find it i would find it but yeah it's it's uh i don't know just wasn't one of those things that's that's on many americans radars so um yep congratulations who won i don't even know who the fuck won was it uh (laughs) south Africa africa won okay so congratulations to all our South African listeners. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I watched the final. Obviously, it's a di- bit disappointing that England didn't win, but I was so confused, Damon. I had no idea what was going on because it just seemed that you know there'd be a bit of rugby and then the referee would blow his whistle and give a penalty to South Africa. And I'd be like, okay. Right. And then that happened about 10 times. Right. right. <laughs> and I was just getting more and more drunk and confused. And at the end, I was just like, ah, fuck this. I don't even like rugby. So you don't need- See you in four years. Do you even know the rules? Do you do you know? The, are you comfortable? In- I thought I did. I thought I did until I watched this game. <laughs> there was just all these bizarre infractions of rules that I didn't know existed, and, and I was watching it with a couple of American friends. They're like, "Hey, Joel, can you explain what's going on?" I was like, "I got no fucking idea. This referee's a cheat. He's a French cheater." And uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> went off and did something else. Wow. Um... Look, I don't know it. If you don't know it, then I sure as fuck don't know it. Um, it does seem like it's just a bunch of guys who are very, very thick, uh, beating the shit out of each other. And then, right, what's a penalty? It's like that's a penalty. Like, what? Do you, what, what was the infraction? Looks like a- yeah, like there's this huge dish, just like thirty men just piling onto each other, tumbling in, like knocking each other on the floor, grabbing each other body slamming each other and then something happens like oh well, well that bit's not allowed right. it's like hello what, what's going on here right right it's like seeing a giant you know murder oh you jaywalked i'm sorry you will have to go to jail right right uh yeah i don't get it but hey it's 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 i, I was gonna say it's popular but i think it's popular for certain countries and certain um People, even people Posh within people. that country, because again, you're. I mean, you would think if I were going to say, okay, name me the top rugby supporting countries, I would have said England. But, but you, you obviously don't fall into that demographic because you don't know the rules. You don't know it. So, I yeah, and I was not privately educated. So, see, that's weird to me. <laughs> like, I, I, I find that weird that because you, you said that last week, how it's like kind of a an upper crust kind of sport. Um. And it just seems like it would be uh, the total opposite. It would be the working man sport uh, because they do. I mean, it, it is unbelievable what what they physically put themselves through. But 
Yeah, I just, I just, uh, the, the problem for me is, is that it's just, it's, it seems, I don't, I just don't understand. And I guess you don't like what you don't understand, I guess. Um, and it's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's just not a thing here. You know what I mean? It's just not one of those sports that has ever caught on here in the States. Um, again, there's, there are, po- don't fucking tweet us. Rugby's really good at my college, man. All right, forget, okay, yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, but it's never really caught on. Like, there's no real no, – nobody goes to the bar and is like, oh, can you put on the rugby? <laughs> no one. So, all right, whatever. We, we do a pro wrestling podcast, Joel. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, so to Gucci, if you're listening, you can take off the silly hat now. Yes. Put the rugby ball away. Let's get back to serious business. And, well, it's the festive season's coming up soon, Damon. So it's time to start thinking about Christmas presents for your loved ones. And um, – I would like you to open up your WhatsApp, if you will, and have a look at these. This is something that we did discuss earlier, but now we have some pictures of them. They are the Super 7 New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, figures. Action figures? I don't know if if you call them action figures. But uh, take a look at these. Tell me what you think. Here's the Okada one. That looks good. I like that. That looks... uh, The Ishii one is fucking great, actually. So I got the... Uh, I want to ask you about the Ishii one, because all of these, it looks like they've got two heads. Yes. So you can change the heads. So for those of you listening and can't see this image, Damon, can you describe to us in explicit detail <laughs> the difference between Ishii head one and Ishii head two? <laughs> Probably, uh, like, maybe a little bit more squinting on on, on head two. But they're... All right, so, so head two is Ishii when his Uber's coming and he's checking if it <laughs> belongs to him. Right. Right, he's. This is that's Ishii waking up in the morning, trying to focus. And what time is it? What time's the clock say? That's what it is. And then the uh, one on the left is just standard Ishii. Um, yeah, there's really not much difference in expression. Well, I, you know, look, he's not really known to uh, to have that wide range of expressions. Um, but they look pretty good, actually, because I've like there are figures that are just. They just don't look like the people, and uh, they're not. They they just don't look like the Tanahashi's look good. Tanahashi uh, looks a little bit like an old lady, though. <laughs> but no. <laughs> what, the what about the action figure, though? I I'm I'm down. I like the detailing is really good. Boom, boom. That was a joke. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> That's terrible. Come on, I know it's six a.m. over there. You, you got to bring ego to the table. My bad. My bad. Um. He, I mean, I think they look good. I would, I would pick them up if they're not like seven hundred and fifty dollars. The Will Osprey one looks a little weird, uh, the face, but yeah, they're great. They're pretty great. And 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 is this the same company that's doing the Liger one too? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that one's good too. I'd like to pick that up. But here's the thing: it was like fifty bucks, and then it was like thirty something bucks shipping. I was like at eighty dollars. I'm going to spend for an, for a, for a Ten dollar, you know what I mean? I was just like, I could, even I couldn't justify it. And I, you know me, Mister Financial Fiscal Responsibility, uh, I I couldn't do that. But they're good. I I think those figures are really good. And if I find them over there, and they're at a reasonable price, uh, I would pick up any one of these. Maybe not the Will Osprey one. The Will Osprey one's a little bit weird. But even that was not that. Oh, so you have had enough of Will Osprey. You have drawn the line somewhere. <laughs> yes, I might click. There's the line in the sand. It is 
uh, November 2019, and Damon has officially said the Will Ospreay action figure is too much Will Ospreay for this calendar year. Too much Will. Too much Will. Uh, but they're good. I mean, that that the as far as uh, the figures, whatever you want to call them, they are. I would put them near the top of what I have been privy to. Not bad. Not bad there. Not bad. I would love to have one, but I'm always worried that I might look uncool having a, a little action figure of a Japanese pro wrestler sitting around on my table. I mean, let's imagine the scenario like you're out on the club or, or wherever, you've got a night out, you meet someone and then you bring them back to your place and then they see this little wrestling figure. You, you might feel a bit embarrassed. So I think you need something to offset that. So I'm going to send you another thing. We, you know, we're still sticking with the shopping theme here. Okay. And you have a look at what I've sent you now. Because I think if you are equipped with this, then you're going to be irresistible. I mean, this is I mean, this is the Liger jacket that New Japan released. Um, it's it is it is very retro, very one of those retroy baseball jackets. Um, and yeah, I mean. That's massive picture of Liger on the yeah. back, and it says Liger the final. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, it's uh, I, it, the the problem with that is this is uh, I'm a huskier gentleman, so I don't know if a Japanese extra large is going to fit my uh, my abundant frame, but I would I would I would scoop that up in a heartbeat. I really would, and I'm not a big. Here's the thing: when you get older, Joel, you find that you don't really like a lot of shit on your clothing, right? Like just nonsense and fucking, you know, a lot of graphics and a lot of. You just want a plain fucking black t-shirt or a plain white t-shirt or a plain t-shirt, maybe with minimal writing. You don't want a bunch of nonsense all over the fucking back, a tiger jumping. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Relax. You're you're a forty year old guy. Um, that being said, I don't know. Like I would, I say to myself, where would I fucking wear this? I would wear this. I would fucking wear this anywhere. I'd wear this to a funeral. <laughs> <Your> job interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd carry a fucking coffin in this jacket. You kidding me? Oh, this is uh, so great. Uh, yeah, I love. All right. Love okay. That. So let, let let me set the scene then. So. You- I mean, imagine just a hypothetical scenario where you, I say you, the listener, you're a single person, you're kitted out in your Liger of the final jacket, looking good, you walk into this funeral, everyone's sort of side-eyeing you, but then you turn around, they see the massive Liger thing on the back, and they're like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Right. Obviously, you, you've got your choice of the, the other single, or, or maybe not single, you, you know... <laughs> I'm picking and up people so out of wait, come I just want to get the scenario. Like, hey, yeah, I want to get the scenario down. I'm at a funeral and I'm picking up girls. Is this, is, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing the Liger jacket, okay? Yeah. Just remember that. You've got the Liger jacket on, yeah. so that's sort of inevitable, uh, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So then <laughs> you pick someone off at this funeral, uh-huh. back to your place, and uh, you know, in the words of John Moxley, that jacket is a real panty dropper. Uh huh. But it's not enough, is it, Damon, to seal the deal? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, oh, you know what? I see. I see where you're heading. I see where you're heading with this. So you're telling me, funeral. You, you say so the, the person say you, you're looking good on top. Mm-hmm. I like what's on the outside. Mm-hmm. What's on the inside? Yeah, 
Yeah. What happens when I unfurl, right? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I, I see where you're getting at. Well, I got good news. Because you can leave the jacket on, right? Well, the jacket... jacket can stay on. Yeah, jacket stays but other, on. But other things have got to come off. Yeah, you, again, until li- they bring out the Liger uh, trousers uh, and, and uh, underwear or pants or how, whatever you describe. You're right. It's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding unless, unless, Joel, you have uh, planned ahead and you contacted our good friends at Manscaped. Manscaped.com, right? You got the lawnmower 2.0 that took care of all the uh, the nastiness that's down there, right? That uh, uh, the hair, ugh, the hair. Just what are you a Neanderthal, a caveman? What do you need that? Get get rid of it, right? You got to. L- Lanza Royce talks about the cock sideburns. You know exactly what he means. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's just this it, in this day and age. It's 2019. You don't need that shit. What do you keep warm? Get out of here. Get that cleaned up. Lawnmower 2.0. No nicks. No cuts. Shave that all down. And then, of course, my two personal favorites, the shower gel, which makes you smell fantastic like a man. And then uh, my uh, my number one, my, my, my go-to, my, uh, my ace, if you will, up my sleeves. That is that uh, nice cream. It's a, it's a deodorant they call it uh, for your 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 sack. It's unbelievable, and you smell fantastic. So Liger jacket, Manscaped uh, has got you covered. So again, the jacket I can't help you with, but for Manscaped, I absolutely can because you, yes, you in the car. You know what I want you to do right now? Just uh, if you're in a car or you're in the office or whatever, I want you to reach down in your pants and I want you to just take a finger and swipe down there. You know what I'm talking about. Just do a little swipe and then stick it up to your nose, right? Don't tell me you don't need this. You need this. You smell like an onion bag. I know you. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Have some guts and do it, huh? You can't, yeah, you're right. You're not, not good. Imagine somebody else smelling that now. I, I need to wash my hands now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Now imagine somebody else smelling that. Ugh, poor person. Why don't you take care of them? Why don't you show them how much you love them for taking care of you, you nastiness? I got, I got you covered. Again, the Liger jacket, I can't help you. But for Manscaped, manscaped.com, I certainly can. 20% off. How's that sound? 20% off and free shipping. Holy Hannah. Here we go. Use the code SuperJCast. All one word. SuperJCast. 20% off. Yep. Free shipping. Yep. At manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is where you want to go. Get the cream, that deodorant. Fantastic. Shower gel. Fantastic. Uh, the the new and improved 2.0, the lawnmower. Get that at manscaped.com. And I'll tell you what, again, I can't help you with the jacket, but down your nether regions, smelling nice, smelling fresh, having everyone just wanting to get in your pants. Everyone. Walking down the street, they'll be you'll be fighting them off. You'll be fighting them off with a stick. Why? Manscaped.com. Get now, 20% off free shipping. Use the code SuperJCast at Manscaped.com. We love you, Manscaped. You know, David, when you have the New Japan Young Lions entering the dojo 
and part of the tradition is they have to shave their heads. Yes, yes, I do. Um, did you know that they also have to shave their balls? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If uh, if they get a hold, they they don't. I've just I made that up. I can't back that That's up. Don't, <laughs> don't start coming at me with. Actually, I've looked down Renderita's pants, and it's yeah. very hairy down there. Yeah, yeah. Shinya Hashimoto never shaved. Okay, all right. Uh, again, it's a joke. Um, look, we all know the benefits. We all know. We all know uh, what's involved here. Again, we talked about it last week with enthusiasm, right? Hashtag enthusiasm. Well, again. Every, nobody, nobody likes it stinky down there. It is the holiday season, as you mentioned, and it is a great gift. Joe, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. So again, if you're on the fence, do the sniff test, do the finger test. Be honest with yourself. You, you know, you need it, and you know you're doing it for your loved one who's taking care of you down there. Manscaped.com. Once again, twenty percent off, free shipping. Do it now. Manscaped.com. What's that promo code again? That is Super JCast. Once again, Super JCast. You put that in that. Just write that, that down. Yeah, write that down. All one word. Super JCast. Twenty percent off. Free shipping. Your balls will love you. All right. Well, let's touch base with our young lions on excursion and their balls. Um, we got some news coming out. Renarita is facing Isaias Velasquez at Black Label Pro Slamilton on November sixteenth, and Hirai Kawato will be returning to CMLL on Saturday. He's got what? the match lined up. So the rumours of his uh, life-threatening, career-threatening, whatever it was, injury were greatly exaggerated. Damon, they sure were. Well, that's good news, right? We, I mean, all jokes aside, we do uh, we do like to joke around and. Uh... Poke fun, but uh, yes, we were right again, and uh, everyone else was wrong. <laughs> but, but it is good to see that he's back in back in the ring because uh, I think everybody has him kind of um, picked out, we'll say, and kind of uh, separated from the pack as, of being one of those people that we're all looking forward to uh, a return from excursion. So, um not, nothing too serious back in the ring, and uh, we're ready to go, and I'm sure he'll be fine down there in CMLL land. And speaking of Super J-Car scoops, uh, multiple sources have hinted to us about a stardom showcase match at Wrestle Kingdom, most likely, we understand, as the dark match on January 5th. So what do you think of that? Is that a good spot for it? Or do you think... Uh, what, what kind of match can we expect from this? Because you'd think... If it is going to be a dark match on January 5th, they're not going to be putting a huge high-profile singles match for one of their titles there. You're thinking more of like, what, like a multi, multi-person multi tag match, something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what, that's, uh, that's what I would imagine. Uh, I I mean, it, w- it really wasn't made 100% clear what that means, that dark match means. Um, in other words, it's, this this is going to be broadcasted, mind you. Right? It's, it's our understanding that it will be broadcasted. It's just not part of the main show um i'm gonna be honest and say that i wish it was a part of the main show i really do um i don't i don't i'm not one of those people that again i think all bets are off joel once bushy road purchased stardom you own the company i'm not saying you put it at the top i'm not saying you put it on before intermission but um even even though there is no intermission, but you know what I mean, um, where a, an intermission might fall. 
yes, it will be a, a a here's what this is for those people who are unfamiliar with the product and and we're going to go 5000 miles an hour and we're going to put on the, the best 8 minute match we possibly can with multiple people in this match. Um personally, personally, I would have liked to have seen it on the main show, but uh the word that yes, the word that we have on the street is that this will be uh as they call it the dark match. So, um all right. Uh, I'd ra- again, again I hate to keep repeating, but I'd rather see it um main show. Something I thought was interesting, which was uh, shared with us on our Discord by user Rock the Eighties, which I've just sent to you on WhatsApp, Damon, was a poll. So that was uh, uh, let me just double check the source of this. So this was uh, a Japanese poll result um, about women in New Japan, with a gender split with the men's answers and the women's answers. So you have a look at this, Damon. Option one says, uh, the question is, are you in favour of women's wrestling in New Japan? Option one, highly supportive, including intergender matches. Men, 17% uh, support. Women, it looks like, sorry, the quality's a bit blurred, but... Single digits. Women, single digits, yeah. It looks like a, maybe like a three or a four. So very, very low. Uh, option two, supportive, not including intergender matches. Men, it's about 40%. Women, 14%. Uh, option three, not supportive except for special occasions, e.g. fan festival, overseas events. Men, 25%. Women, 23%. Option four, unequivocally not supportive. Men, 16%. Women, 58%. Mm. Does that surprise you that the uh, the Japanese women that were included in this poll are so overwhelmingly against the idea of having women's wrestling in New Japan? Huh. Now, now I'm going to ask this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna walk a little bit on eggshells when I when I ask this question. That that high percentage of ladies who are thumbs down on the idea of of uh, a women's promotion being involved with the men is that because not necessarily the wrestling the wrestlers is it because of the uh, fandom that they are a little bit uh, uncomfortable with could be because the fandom for the Joshi scene in Japan, from what I understand from the documentaries I've seen, uh, some rather unsavory yeah, yeah. elements to that. Right, let's just put it like that. Right, I mean, I know from my personal experience of attending some shows. And again, these are high-profile shows on Wrestle Kingdom weekend, mind you. Even then, there was an element of, you know, I'm looking, I'm with uh, Fumi, and I'm with uh, Eric, and I'm with Mackie. And there was noticeable things where it was just like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, there is, there, and, and again, I, I, I think that was... It was it was listen, look, it was noticeable to me from from a person who really doesn't get involved in that in in the scene at all. Uh, it was noticeable from from those eyes that well, there there is a little bit of this this odd element that is here that you don't necessarily see in uh, other shows. So, yeah, sorry to jump in. It's the Vicelands documentary series and called the Wrestlers, and they did an episode 
about stardom and they delved into some of that stuff so definitely worth checking out yes yes so um again i think i think that might be the the reason for that 50 something percent uh of people thumbing you know turn, turning down the idea or the prospect of that um now there you know, let's let, let's also let's also put this out there is a reason why new japan felt the need to have Wrestle Kingdom have a section of seats that are completely separate from guides, <laughs> right? And that's not uncommon in Japan. They have the same thing like on the Trains. metro, like the subway. Yeah. Uh, certain hours, they've got the special women's only carriage, which I understand is a question of like safety and, and comfort and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a reason. So, um, I mean, that it might be that voice coming out and saying, eh, this is kind of why we don't want this. It has nothing to do with the talent. It has nothing to do with the action in the ring. It has nothing to do with the show. It's that, that element. Um, and, and I, you know, I can't blame them. So, uh, yeah, that might be the reason for why that number is skewed so heavily. All right, well, let's move on to our next topic, and it's the return of my favorite Andrew T. Rich musical stinger Kenny's done a thing yes Kenny's done a thing so uh, I'm sure you've seen this Damon this was on last week's episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite where Kenny Omega had a little video package in the style of the Undertale video game where there was a pastiche of the New Japan Lion Mark and there was a silhouette of Kota Ibushi with his G1 trophy with this evil line mark character telling Kenny Omega that all his old friends has, have rejected him. And that led to some furious discussion online. Some people saying that, oh, this is you know laying a trail. This is breadcrumbs for a future partnership with two companies and Omega versus Ibushi somewhere down the line. And then people on the other side of the fence saying, no, it's just Kenny being Kenny, it's Kenny being extra and bitter and taking shots at his old employees. What side of the fence are you on on this debate? Uh, as you like to say, it's it's Kenny being extra. Um, you know, it's it's funny because I, trust me, I can see where people from afar would be like, "Ah, oh, it's petty," and "Oh, get over it," and uh, you know, why why do, why would you use this national? cable platform that you have for this nonsense like you know it's again get over it it's been a year the other side of the coin is this i'm kind of that guy (laughs) in many aspects where i if somebody fucks me i i don't care if it's a month i don't care if it's two months i don't care if it's a year i don't Joel, I'm the guy that five years, and I if I got an opportunity, boop, I'm I'm twisting the knife a little bit. So yeah, but when you do it, it's very clearly having a shot at someone. There's not half of the audience thinking, oh, maybe Damon's in collaboration with this person right, that he's right. dragging publicly. Right? Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe he he needs a little bit more. Uh, but he, I mean, that's him. I mean, that's how he does it. You know, I, I you know, I don't think he gives a fuck. You know, and that, again, can be a good thing, but I'm going to give him some advice that he'll never get and he'll never take, but that's okay. It's not worth the mental energy 
to sit there and make a fucking video or have somebody make a video. And I'm sure there was more than one edit. No, 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 no. I want, I want that lion to be that, co- you know what I mean? Like, it's that granular that he got involved with. It wasn't just like some willy-nilly thing that he decided to put together. Um, look, that's that, that's the cloth he is cut from. And what is he? He's in his 30s. Ain't changing. Ain't changing anytime soon. Uh, it, it's just that's 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 how he's cut. Um, it does. It, it was an outstanding episode of Wrestling Observer Radio. By <laughs> <way>. <laughs> uh, Dave Meltzer reading out <laughs> the, the texts or emails or whatever that Kenny clearly sent him to explain the whole angle. It really was. It was so fucking obvious. Again, I I texted you when I was reading it. I've got the text. This the text from Damon. This reads like Joel trying to explain Shamu, whatever. I know it's wrong to me, and then me trying to explain it to my grandmother. Right, <laughs> really was. Oh, like Dave has any idea what the fuck Kenny is saying for five minutes, explaining, going into a deep dive of his of his mindset, and, and yeah, that's the character, Jamma Bama. And I, he, he's a dark soul. And Dave's scribbling notes in his fucking acid wash jeans, just, just scribbling away. Uh, I mean, look, we all have, we all have people that we talk to, right? Well, maybe not. let me take that back. The the people that uh, are, I was going to say, at a certain level. Ugh. Uh, look. Dave has people that he talks to, and obviously one of them is Kenny. And that that whole video game thing was quite obviously, yeah, just Dave taking notes and dumping it into the Observer. Um, and it read it – just it was just hilarious. Like Dave being the authority of some fucking – I mean, I don't – is it a popular video game, Joel? I think so. I've never played it, but okay. I've heard rave reviews about it. All right, but you've heard of this video game. This is not a yeah. Some okay. All right. So I'm about to say. I mean, uh, but it, it's an in, in, independent video game. I believe it's not like one of these huge AAA, like EA sort of things, but very popular in the the indie video game. Okay, scene. so this is not Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Okay. This is not. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just giving the names that I would know. This is not Call of Duty. This is not. Uh, this is. What, what, give me a wrestling equivalent. Give me a promotion wrestling equivalent of what the fuck this video game is. Um, I'd say New Japan is a fair. Okay. Okay. Equivalent. I was hoping you didn't say Ring of Honor because no one would buy it. <laughs> 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 Pew pew. How do you like that? How do you like those apples? Uh, um. Okay. So yeah, Dave has no fucking idea what the hell this is. So yes, this was Kenny explaining his uh, deep dark uh, and uh, uh, indie indie game fandom to Dave, which was hilarious. Yes, but but the, uh, getting back to the original point. Kenny, Kenny is very spiteful. Kenny, Kenny can hold a, a grudge, apparently. Um, and for that, again, I can understand why people think it's immature and childish and get over it. 
for me personally, I kind of, I'm not to say that I condone it. I'm just saying that I see where he's coming from. Did you see that thing about uh, Tetsuya Endo from DDT talking about when he shared a room with Kenny? I did. The air conditioning thing, right? I mean, (laughs) Endo, I'll get this right. Endo turned off the air conditioner or Kenny was out and then Kenny came back and realized and uh, gave Endo such a bollocking that Endo was in tears. Tears. That's terrible. There was, there, I love. I, know, it. I mean, that was a long time ago. I mean, I've done things in the past I'm not proud of, but right, yeah, right. Look, uh, air conditioning's a, a t- uh, you know, this is a very important thing, especially in those hot summers in Japan. Uh, yeah. So, but make the guy cry. I mean, that's whew. Kenny. Relax, as the kids say, take a chill pill. <laughs> they don't say that. They don't really say that anymore, do they? I mean, to, to those people who are l- reading into it and thinking that there's traces there of possible collaboration in the works, there was a, a tweet from Nick Jackson who was asked about the uh, possibility of working together with New Japan. And Nick Jackson said, it's really not happening. Been asked it's thousands of times. And telling the truth is always best. Don't want fans holding on to something that has zero chance of happening. I mean, that's... <clears throat> I wish we could just copy and paste that somewhere because to this day, we still get questions all the time about AEW. And look, we're, we're, we have a little time dedicated and cut out to, to talk about it. Um, so I guess we're just as guilty. We need a stinger for that. Are New Japan and AEW working together? No. Right. It's, it, it does get tiresome after a while. I mean, it's just not happening. And, and again, everybody can come up with ideas of why it should and why it would make sense and why, you know, everyone would benefit. It's just not happening. And just chalk it up to pro wrestling. I mean, that's really it. That, that is that, that. Business, isn't it? And, and business. Cutthroat world. Yeah. Direct competitors now. New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but, but the truth is that that, that, that is the truth. And right now, AEW in this country, in, in the country that I reside, yes, they are, you know, a good distance away from New Japan. They've they've pulled ahead by a large margin. And you would think that, you know, AEW or excuse me, New Japan would want to kind of get close to that. We're, we're we're going a separate road. And what and and here's another thing too. At the end of the day, as long as it is profitable, that's really like we don't need to have world dominance for this to be successful. We don't need to have, you know, kids at Christmas under the tree, you know, wanting a Hiroshi Tanahashi doll. <laughs> we, we it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that. Would it be great to have? I mean, there's pluses and minuses. But as long as as the American expansion and the Western expansion is profitable, that's really that's really the end goal. Um, again, I sit here and I talk about oh, wouldn't you know we should be in this position that AEW is. And three years ago, you would have thought this would have been us. And okay, yes, I, I still hold that in my head, but we're not losing money. We're not. This is not a failed experiment. 
This is something that's happening. It's growing at the pace that we all want because we're impatient fucks. Okay, no, it's not. But it's still growing, and it's still moving forward, and it's still happening. And a year from now, two years from now, where are we going to be? That's a great question. But I, but, but the paths are being forged as we speak, that, and the foundation that was laid two, three years ago, they're still in place. Um, I think AEW has, has thrown a giant monkey wrench in, in those plans, to be truthful. But we're still profitable. We're still chugging along. And I think we're on, to me, I'd rather take a step back, one step backwards to move two steps forward in this process. And to me, and from all the information that I think I've been been given and Joel has been given, that I think that they're better off. I know this might sound weird. In the long run, they're better off taking this path and taking it maybe what might be perceived as a step backwards. They're better off now than they would if they stuck with it. I truly believe that. Speaking of companies being successful and chugging along, it's more drama in Ring of Honor after some tweets fired off from Joey Mercury at Joey N Retrograde. Now these tweets absolutely burying Greg Gilliland, who is the what's his position in Ring of Honor? Remind me again. <laughs> Was he the general manager? I, don't know. I mean, I, sh- I should have probably looked this up, but uh, people need to know. Um, yeah, general manager. So Ger- general manager Greg Gilliland, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So just some of the stuff that we gleaned from these messages, these tweets from Joey Mercury, who was not happy with Greg. Little things like they are paying 50k a year for Jeff Cobb, which is the same amount of money that the lady in the office is making. They forced Kelly Klein to fly to South Africa to wrestle, despite her having a concussion. They got no medical team for Flip Gordon after he dislocated his elbow, and they had to have the wrestlers helping him put that back into place before they could send him to hospital. And they had the same problem with Jay Lethal's broken arm. There are numerous travel, hotel issues with New Japan talent, you know, not being met at the airport, not booking hotels for them. Same problem for Mighty Skull. They had no security after the Elite left. Uh, apparently then it was Cody paying for the security himself, which explains the Bully Ray fan incident thing. Uh, sexy submarine on Twitter says if a tree falls in an ROH show does it make a sound I mean we've seen these photos from the most recent Ring of Honor event David our Super J cast list the meetups have had more fans on that show did <laughs> it really did it's ridiculous that, that building was empty and now we know why the likes of Zack Sabre Jr Juice Robinson who was supposed to be working long term with Ring of Honor just took one sniff and ran for the fucking hills so it's not looking good for Ring of Honor and I would suggest that the Ring of Honor-New Japan relationship is moribund. And the indicators are going to be World Tag League. Are there any Ring of Honor wrestlers in the World Tag League? And is there going to be an Honor Rising next year? Yeah. And if the answer to both those things is no, then that relationship's dead, right? I would say so. Like, And I think those are going to be really two barometers that people should keep their eye on, right? One, and, and I don't even think in so much as World Tag League because you're going to need people to take some pinfalls and lose and, and you know. Uh, that being said, I do know that they like certain people. I know they like Colt, right, to, to fill that role. I know they like Brody King. Um, so 
you know, I would expect. It wouldn't. Let me let me pull back. I I, I it wouldn't shock me to see people to, to see teams that people associate with Ring of Honor in World Tag League. To me, the biggest barometer is going. Brody to- King's injured, by the way. I should point that out. Oh, is he? Okay. What's he got? Yeah. Do you know? No. Okay. No. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, all right. So that that's that. All right. So that that. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, right? Is there going to be any involvement whatsoever at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, and then two, yeah, that honor, honor rising because that's that, that's New Japan picking up that tab from what we we understand, right? So if if they're not willing to front that money for those honor rising shows, that you 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 know that that relationship is done. Again, you can go back and, and say, well, you know, New Japan's running buildings that Ring of Honor run, right? Solo, there is no involvement. Um, the the New Japan of America, that's that's another strong indicator that you know we're 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 moving into the turf that Ring of Honor has. Uh, and then three, just you know, general perception and general feeling and general buzz about the ring of honor product might be might be might be at its at its lowest um and then and then add the extra layer of those tweets coming out which look i i I don't want to say that it's shocking because it is pro wrestling um but you would think ring of honor has has risen to a certain level where they're not just some you know, running a VFW hall or they're running a, you know, a fucking high school gym. They've gotten to a certain level where they can, they know that, okay, I need at least somebody who's medically trained, a medical professional to be at every show. Oh, I need to pick up talent. Oh, I need to make sure hotels are booked. Oh, I need to make sure that my talent isn't flying across the world and and expected to compete with a concussion and all the other things that have come out. Now, again, it's one man's story, right? And that's been backed up by a few people. But here's the thing, Joel. It's not like these things are, aren't things that a lot of people have already heard. And, and, and there's more, right? We All of us have heard stories of just some of the nonsense that, that goes on there. Um, it's just one of those things where they're at, they're at, they're at a low. And it's becoming an all-time low, and they need somebody in there to fix it quickly, and and, and to at least give the the talent that is there that isn't you know ready to jump out a window and do a you know just just get out as quickly as possible, a reason to stick around and to and to and to want to be there, um, first and foremost because they got I mean they they got talent that you know that that is really good. They have talent that is really good. That's never been an issue with Ring of Honor. Talent has never been an issue. It's direction and booking and then all the back, you know, behind the curtain stuff that just makes it very frustrating for a person trying to make a living being a pro wrestler. I mean, it's not it's it's there's a reason why people leave Ring of Honor to go elsewhere to make more money, right? I I don't think that's that's a secret to anyone. Um the New Japan tours, I'm, I, I know people look forward to it because they can make some serious coin. And bringing in those New Japan guys, they help pop houses too. 
uh, it, look, it they just need to bring somebody in to help right the ship and do it quickly because yeah, they're 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 spinning down the hole and it doesn't look good. They're one of my favorite promotions of all time. Can I just say that too? They're one of my favorite promotions of all time. This is not me hating Ring of Honor. This is me hating Ring of Honor where they are now. Like, that's what it is. It's not me hating Ring of Honor. It's me hating where they are now. Did you know, Damon, that earlier this year there was a Ring of Honor podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Network? No. I really didn't. And that, and I- <laughs> yeah, if you blink, you would have missed it, which I think is indicative of the health that Ring of Honor's in. So the, it was called the Honor Roll. Yeah. And they started in April. It was just before the G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden. Um, <laughs> do you want to guess how many episodes they lasted? Five? <laughs> Nearly six. Okay. Six episodes. And they wrapped things up in May. Uh, you know, I'm not, not criticizing them at all. I don't blame them. We knew the fuck would want to be right. talking about Ring of Honor every week. I mean, we we do a little bit on our show, but uh, I think it just again goes to show the level of interest that there is at the moment in the product. So, not looking too good. No, and that's a shame, Rachel. They 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 came off that Ring of Honor uh, New Japan Madison Square Garden show, and and they could have. I mean, look, a lot of people left that building with a little bit of a sour taste in their mouths about Ring of Honor. Um, I don't think that, but they they had momentum. They could have. I mean, that's you're you're wrestling at the very least. You have your performers and your talent in front of a massive crowd in in a building that was that was buzzed on pro wrestling. The fact that they couldn't take advantage of that is is really disheartening. It really is. It's sad. Um, they need to bring somebody in that can write that ship. The problem is, is that no one wants to go to do. No one wants to be that person. So, fingers crossed, and we need them to bounce back because I, I do want them to bounce back. Let's talk about the end of the Super Junior Tag League. So there were uh, there was a Krakow and Hall show. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Damon, but uh, there was a really good match between the Birds of Prey and the Mega Coaches. Really good match. A little bit too long, uh, but there was a, a lot of buzz about that online. Um, it felt like someone else said this, and I agree with it. It was like a really good tag match with a Will Ospreay singles match <laughs> tagged onto the end of it. Uh, would have liked to see more Robbie Eagles there. Um, and we saw at the end of this match Will Ospreay doing an Oz cutter, a hidden blade, and the Stormbreaker on Rocky Romero. Right. And I was like, yeah, do, do we need to do all of that on Rocky? I mean, I love Rocky. I think he's fantastic, but it just felt a bit of overkill there. But aside from that, really, really good match. And there was also the match between the team of Yuya Uemura and Tiger Mask against El Desperado and Kanemaru. And there was a, a moment late on in the match where Uemura had El Desperado in the Boston Crab. And just both guys did such a brilliant job with the selling. Karakowin was on their feet, and it wasn't one of those things where they're like, sort of just humoring the submission attempt. People believe that Despi was actually going to tap because he was getting close and close to the ropes and then Uemura dragged him back into the middle and then I was thinking, and I knew Damon watching it, I was like, oh, you know, of course a young lion's not going to be El Desperado. But I just got so caught up in the moment of the crowd noise and the selling that I just, that my suspension of disbelief was there and I thought, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to tap out El Desperado. And of course he didn't in the end. But uh, I just thought that was a really cool moment so I want to give uh, those two their props. And... Let's move on to Power Struggle, which was, uh, I thought, a fantastic show. Yeah, it really was. And and I, don't, and I don't think it was a show where you're walking out of it thinking, oh, you know, like, like it was a G1 where four matches knocked your pants off. 
Um, but as a as as far as pro wrestling shows go, there were so many moments that you, you that you will remember, right? Um, this was the Angle Show, or this you know this was this was you know the the story continuation show, and and to me it felt like ah this is how you do it. Look, I, I know we're going to get into it. That the the ending was flat, uh, but. Overall, th- I think there were so many other great moments that helped elevate this show. And and matches, too. I'm not saying the matches were bad, but it just nothing really was something that I was thinking, you know, match of the year talk. Uh, there, were, there were good matches, but it was just moments that you'll just take with you for the rest of your fandom life. Um, and Power Struggle is one of those shows that does that because it is, it is um, you know, leading up to Wrestle Kingdom. But, man... Well, let's get into it. It was just fucking, you know, one of those magical moments, and we've been waiting for it and dying for it, and it, it finally came true. And uh, I, I don't think there's a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan that didn't have a tear in their eye. Just a quick note on the attendance. So it was uh, 5,558 in the Osaka Prefecture Dream, the Edion Arena, uh, as we refer to it. So that was a sellout and uh, slightly higher attendance than last year's power struggle which of course was headlined by chris jericho against evil so i think this is a good feather in the cap for jay white and goto and to a lesser extent osprey and bushi because with those four on top many people might not have expected to sell up but we got one anyway so that's good news yep absolutely you're right right and, and again it's not okada at the top it's not tanahashi at the top uh it's it's guys that you know might not be uh, always looked to to draw the big house, uh, but yeah, sell out big building. I like the crowd, um, and again, we'll talk more about the crowd in a moment. But um, I think the crowd was hot for just about everything, and and excited. And it's Osaka. I would love to see a show in Osaka. That's one of those things that I got on my checkbox uh, list, and because uh, that that crowd just seems like such a great crowd, but. Sell out. Yeah, you, you got to do Osaka Joe Hall yeah. at some point. Let me know. Well, let's sort something out. All right. Damon and Joel do Osaka together. Uh, first match here was the team of Clark Connors, TJP, Titan, Volador Jr., defeating Yuya Uemura, Ryusuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, and Jushin Thunder Liger, with TJP getting the pinfall over Uemura following the detonation kick. So I thought this was notable, the fact that TJP picked up the pin. So do you think he's going to stick around in New Japan? He's one of those guys that, that yes, to answer the question, yes, I do. And... And here's why he's a valuable piece. Like, he could very easily be stuck on any of these uh, you know, uh, American shows rather easily. Tag leagues, uh, junior tournaments, anything. So he's he's one of those people where I don't necessarily know if he's going to be you know, locked in for two years. But he absolutely is one of those guys that and, – and I think he killed it. I really do. I think he killed it during the uh, junior tag league. Um, he absolutely. He looks so much more motivated than he did in his tail end of his WWE run, where he just looked out of shape. He was depressed. His, you know, the wrestling matches were no good. By his own admission, you know, that was people in his ear, referees telling him, "Right now, slap on a chin lock. Now do this. Now do that." And he just looks absolutely revitalized here. Yeah, yeah, because he's a pro wrestler, and and uh, you know, he knows what to do. He's he's fine. He can he can he can handle it. Um, yeah, so good for him. I mean, it, it is an amazing thing. How and and 
again, you could just go down the list of people that just the shackles and the weight that is lifted from their shoulders. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't want this to turn into let's let's kick the, the company while they're down. But, you know, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of the WWE. It's just an amazing thing. I mean, there's so much proof out there that once these these people are able to do what they do best and be creative and, and let the juices flow, again, their whole disposition changes. Right? You just, you just said it. He just looks like a different person. He killed it during during Junior Tag League. So I think New Japan would be would be would make a huge mistake if they let him slip uh, out of their fingers because um, he's he's talented, he's good. You could put him in programs uh, very easily, and I don't think we'd miss a beat at all. So keep him, sign him, do what you got to do, lock him down. Second match was the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions in a non-title match, getting a win. Uh, over the team, Robbie Eagles and Rocky Romero with uh, El Fantasmo pinning Rocky Romero in 8 minutes 42 following the CR2. Uh, I thought this was a nice, fun little match. I enjoyed Gino on commentary burying Rocky, saying that his music is being used as torturing Guantanamo Bay. It will make his opponents tap out immediately, etc. And I was wondering when this match was announced. I thought, huh, is this going to be a way to get this new team of Eagles and Rocky into the title picture. But it wasn't. It was just a nice, short little match to heat up the champions after they didn't make it to the final. And I thought they did that quite smartly with the story that they were equal uh, on 10 points with the two teams that made the final. And they were saying that they got screwed over because the person that wrote the website thing said that they had already qualified. So I thought that was uh, quite an intelligent way of keeping them looking strong whilst also staying out of the final. And uh, El Fantasma really hates Chris Charlton, doesn't he? He seems to make a beeline for him and is throwing stuff for him every time he goes past. I think it's, what do you think of the match? I think it's very unfair, number one. I feel bad for Chris. That's uh, I don't know if he can defend himself uh, against a bully. Like ELP. Uh, match was good. I do like the tag team of uh, ELP and, and Ishimori. I think they're a solid tag team. I tell you what, one of the things that, that I found interesting, we were already kind of talking about year-end awards, and they're right around the corner, so hang on, kids. Uh, that'll be shortly. But you know, we, we just kind of opened up a little thing in our Discord that, one, equally opened my eyes up and annoyed me to no end. <laughs> Um, but the opening the eyes part is, man, people, at least our listeners and, and again, a small sample size of our listeners, they don't really like ELP. Yeah, I had a question from KSJ Fortin on Twitter says, do people actually like ELP shtick? And certainly in the circles that we hang out in, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, look, we all remember back to his uh, maybe irresponsible uh, heel tactics, right? We all we all remember back with the the, the child and and well, the many cases, the many the many cases of of him uh, uh, treating these children as if they were Chris Charlton. Uh, he's a heel. I, I I it really doesn't. Like his shtick doesn't bother me at all. Um, I th- I think when when the time comes, he can turn it on with the right opponent. Uh, and again, as I said before, I do like the tag team of him with Ishimori. Um, so no, I was I was I was kind of, I wasn't shocked by it, but I was like, wow, I mean, these people really 
I mean, these are people that are legitimately like like least favorite wrestlers. What we were talking about to to be to be to to lay all the cards on the table. Least favorite wrestler. Yeah, like go away heat. Yeah, not like oh this dastardly heel kind of heat. Right, right. And I'm just like wow, of all people. All right, him. So yeah, um, I, I'm sure that will just add fuel to the fire. <laughs> if he ever got wind of that, he would probably do cartwheels hearing that news. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was pretty odd. That that uh, again, a small sample, but it was it was very vocal of their dislike, and I was like, okay, that's uh, that's, that's that's interesting. Third match was the LIJ team Shingo Takagi, Sanada Evil defeating the Suzuki Gun team Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. With Sanada getting a flash pin on Zack in nine minutes seven seconds with an inside cradle. Moment I really enjoyed in this when uh, Zack Sabre Jr. had his opponent. I don't know who it was, but uh, had an armbar on him at ringside right in front of the commentary desk. And Kevin Kelly says, "What is this?" And Zack goes, "It's an armbar, Kevin, you idiot! One-handed, outrageous techers." I was laughing a lot. I thought that was good. Um, really great chemistry between Shingo Suzuki. Them slapping, stiffing the hell out of each other with the lariats. I imagine this is going to lead up to a singles match between them, which should be great. I'm really excited for that. And I enjoyed the finish, the little flash pinfall for Sonata over Zack Sabre Jr. So it seems that that could be the direction going forward for these guys. We could be looking at uh, Sonata challenging ZSJ for that uh, British heavyweight title. And hopefully a Shingo versus Suzuki singles match as well. So what did you think of the match? And what do you think the direction is going forward for these guys? I like the direction. Because this almost certainly guarantees that we'll see Zack and Sonata, which I think is, uh, to me, a very interesting match. And it gets Sonata out of a potential tag situation, which I think is even more important, right? Uh, I love the idea of Shingo and, and Suzuki. I think that could be fantastic. Um, yeah, British uh, British title on the now. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Rev Pro has. Uh, um, did I read that correctly? That Rev Pro has Zach and Sonata on the docket as a title defense. Did I did I read that correctly? Um, I, Let me look into that. Let yeah. me ask the Discord people. Yeah, because I thought I saw that. So that might be a nice opportunity if that is true, if I'm not just uh, seeing things. We could do a title change there, and then Sonata defending maybe at the Dome. Zach okay, Sonata's, Sonata's booked for a Rev Pro show in December. Okay, booked for a show. Okay, not necessarily challenge. Okay. Um, anywho. I like the idea of that. The match was I thought the match was fine. Again, I I love flash pins. I love things that keep people honest. So I, I enjoy that. But to me, the most exciting thing about it is is the idea of we're not going to see Evil Sonata. Fantastic. Great. Uh, we, uh, we have a, the potential of a really good singles match with Zack. And the idea of Suzuki and Shingo beating the fuck out of each other. That, to me, is Wrestle Kingdom worthy. Zach did say that he wants Sonata on the opening night of the World Tag League, but I don't know if that means a singles match or as part of their respective tag teams. I did wonder if we might see these two feuds play out in the Tag League. Maybe Sonata Shingo tag team and a Zach Suzuki tag team, but I think that's unlikely. Again, we don't have the World Tag League information here, but 
Last year, it was Zach teaming up with Taichi, the Dangerous Techers team, and I expect them to still be together this year. And as far as Sonada goes, it, just, it would make sense, kayfabe-wise, why he and Evil would suddenly want to break up this championship, well, this this team that's won the World Tag Leagues two years in a row. Why would they suddenly be like, ah, let's not do it this year? Right. So, um, do, do you, yeah, what, what do you think on that? Yeah, I mean, that is a valid point. And you, I remember you talking about that last uh, or during the week. Uh, you know, you got you got a team that has multiple wins. There's really no reason why they wouldn't go for three, given their success. I I just don't think anybody wants to see it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate, they're obviously pushing quite hard for this Sonata singles run. So it wouldn't stun me if the team is Shingo and Evil, and I'll be very excited by that. But uh, I, I'm just 50-50 on it at the moment. I'm not sure which way they're going to land because there are ways that I would like World Tag Team teams to be, uh, World Tag League teams to be laid out, but the booking doesn't always reflect that. Well, the reason why we did, we're did we doing a show on a Tuesday morning is because those numbnuts were supposed to fucking announce the teams. You know what's going to happen. The minute we release this yeah. show, they're going to announce <laughs> these goddamn teams. Uh, so, we, so yeah. I mean, we don't know the teams as of right now. We, we've we heard whispers, whispers on the street, uh, but nothing's been confirmed, and we don't want to run with it. Um, so that's why you haven't heard any teams, because we don't know yet. They were supposed to announce them at the press conference. They didn't. Come on. Do do the the video the the guy outside the shopping mall. Tell us the world tag league teams. We demand to know. We demand to know the teams. Tell us the teams. It is our right to know the world tag league teams. We want to watch. We want to watch tag team wrestling. <laughs> that guy is the fucking greatest. There's somebody <laughs> who posted something in our Discord because uh, we didn't do a preview for Power Struggle. I read it three times and laughed just as hard every time. That was hilarious. Oh, that guy is so great. I wonder if we can get him on the show. You know, fuck everybody else. I want to interview that guy. <laughs> be great. Oh, yeah, I found it. It was Dread, Pretty, uh, no, Dread Pirate Roberts. Why didn't you do a Power Struggle preview? Tell us why. What gives you the right? Why? Tell us why. How dare you do this to the public? We want to listen. We want bad Hiromi predictions. Why? Tell us why. <laughs> Oh, love it. Oh, you have no right. <laughs> Fucking A. He's great. All right. Uh, what else we got on this power struggle? Next match. Fourth match. We have a special tag match with Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeat Kazuchika Okada and Yoshihashi with Hiroshi Tanahashi getting the pin over Yoshihashi in 10 minutes 51 following the high fly flow. Damon, I'm not generally into these warm-up matches because... There's no stakes, but the crowds were really, really hot for that Yoshihashi Kumagoroshi near fall on Tanahashi. But it's just the problem with this is that Okada Ibushi feud just feels really cold. Yeah. Because we're pushing this story of Okada getting his win back against Ibushi, and it's not really compelling when he's burned through the entire roster already. And you know, some people accuse Okada for this run of being a boring champion. Because 12 months ago, you know, we've got the broken Okada with the red hair and the balloons and all that stuff, which was really interesting. But now, what are we left with? It's just the guy who wins all the time. I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, like 
having a guy that is a dominant champion doesn't bother me as much as apparently it bothers a lot of people. Um, I don't, I, I, I actually enjoy it. I actually like it. The problem comes when you have challengers that aren't meeting the champion at, at, at a level, right? So, again, we're going into Wrestle Kingdom with, quite truthfully, three guys that could beat Okada, right? To me, that's exciting. I, I like that. Okay, Evil, he's not going to beat Okada. We know that. Sonata, he's not going to beat Okada. We know that. Juice Robinson is not going to beat Okada. Uh, you know, that's okay that there is this. there are these levels because we're building toward two shows that we need big gates from and interest and 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 an idea that anyone can win. That's really the the end game here. Any one of these people can win. Now, the problem is, Joel, is that we still have other months of the year and shows during the year to to lead up to that need to keep the people's interest. I like the fact that we have a dominant champion, but again, the 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 the, the issue is is that we put all our eggs in a basket toward these two dome shows to build up these people that could possibly win, but honestly, there's no one else on this roster that anyone believes could beat Okada. That that's where the challenge is and that's where the, the problem lies. Again, we only got a couple of weeks away to Wrestle Kingdom where any one of these people could technically win and be believable. It's, it's the months leading up that are a little dry. So I, I get that argument. What about the Okada Ibushi feud? Does that feel hot to you? Do you, When you see these two guys in the ring against, opposite each other, do you think, oh, I can't wait till January 4th? It's sizzling. To me, it is. I, I love the idea of... of of anyone can win it, and and I really don't know what they're going to to do. Just by the way the, that each individual acts toward the even the idea of of having this mini tournament. Um, what what gets me fired up about it is is that I know the two guys involved are two of the greatest pro wrestlers on God's green earth right now. So I know the potential of a fantastic match is there. The problem is this. It feels like this could be bigger, right? Abushi and and Okada. You would think that that would be just red hot, and 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 I see where you're going. It it's not like you have to. Yeah, they already had the match. Yeah, they had the match in the G one. Yeah, you have to kind of feel the way that I do. In that you know the potential and what the offering that you're about to get is delicious. But the, yeah, there isn't too much substance other than the potential of greatness in a, in, a, in a big stage. There's really not a lot else to sink your teeth into, is there? I don't think so. I think Ibushi really feels like he's been lost in the shuffle here, despite being the G1 champion. It feels like his reward for signing with the company was to win the G1 and to be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 
I don't think the, the, the fact that they've already had that match in the G1, I think has taken a lot of wind out of the sails for that matchup. And also, I just can't see him beating Okada. I just see January 4th, that's Okada getting his win back and then moving on to January 5th. So I do feel a bit sorry for Ibushi with the way that you know things are planned out with having four guys in the, the title scene leading up to Wrestle Kingdom that he just feels a bit like an afterthought to me. What if he does win? Would that would that would that would you go into January fifth with renewed vigor, excitement, pants down, a little hungover? Would you go into that dome more? Would you go into that dome more excited if Abushi wins? It depends who it's against. I mean, do do you think they would double swerve and give you a? There's no way they're closing out Wrestle Kingdom with Abushi J White, is there? I don't know, Damon. I mean, we'll come on to the, the double, the, the tournament thing, but I don't, I, I mean, all bets are off at this point. I don't think that there's any outcome which I would say there's no way that's happening. Okay, but that's good, right? Because that, that's what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, that is good. I mean, that, yeah. to me, that's exciting. Like, I love the idea of, of again, we're outside. Just picture the scene, Joel. We're outside. It's January 4th. There's a little chill in the air. Blue skies. We all got a strong zero in our hand. And we're going to walk out four hours later, you know, with, with I, I would think, a surprise or an element of, of we don't know, right? Here's the thing. If I go into January 4th and there's one match, I kind of feel like, you know, it, well, I take that back because there's been plenty of times where I've been duped. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of, it being somewhat of a mystery of of which way they are going to go up into we're handing tickets over to an usher to get into the Tokyo Dome. I I, I like that idea. And, and, and again, I like the idea of everyone outside speculating and everyone outside talking about it and everybody outside kind of with their own ideas of where this is going to go. I don't know. That kind of turns me on. I, I really like it. All right, well, we'll dig into that a bit later when we talk about today's press conference. But then at the end of this match, we got a Chris Jericho vignette of him apparently punching Tanahashi in the face, uh, challenging Tanahashi for a match on January the 5th. So I just wanted to know your thoughts on this match, Damon. Does Tanahashi versus Jericho excite you? What do you think the the ceiling and the floor is for this match? And also there's a little added wrinkle because he is AEW chat by then. I imagine that's not going to get mentioned at all, but you do wonder if... Jericho is still AEW champion at that time. If that's going to be significant at all, would they put the title on the line? 99% I would say no, but again, it's just something to think about. So what are your thoughts on the upcoming Jericho Tanahashi for January 5th? I think we got two guys that arguably at certain points of their career, you could make a compelling argument of being some of the best pro wrestlers on planet Earth, right? Um big stage, big spot. Like you have two legitimate superstars. Not just stars, superstars. Um yeah, they're going to have to do something with that title. I don't I don't think he goes into that match as champion. I, I just and 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 if they do, boy, they of course they're not going to acknowledge it. Uh and you know, that does make it seem weird if if Tanahashi gets a pinfall over over Jericho and it just kinda 
I mean, this is not, it's not 1982 where people don't know results of what happened in Japan. Like, everyone's going to see this. Um, Jericho's got a win, surely. You would think, right? I mean, uh, uh, let's, let's let's put it this way: if he's if he's champion, he's I would think he's winning. I think the match would be really good. I I just think these guys are. I don't care what physical condition they might be in, how battered and bruised and broken they are. I just think these two are just two of the the greatest pro wrestlers in our lifetime, and I can't count it out. I like I can't sit here and tell you that a uh, match is going to suck or the match has a has a ceiling of three star. No. I think, again, Tanahashi in that building is magic. Tanahashi in that fucking building is magic. He will perform at a level that is that that might be higher than anyone else in in uh, in the building. Jericho, once again, he's a pro. He's just fucking talented. He had one stinker. I don't even think it was a stinker. It just wasn't great in, you know, the Okada match. Aside from that, I mean, okay, look, looking back on them, they're, you know, they're, they're brawls and blah, 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 and you can get away with a little bit more brawling then. But even then, the matches are good. I don't think anybody, I don't think anyone, being fair and objective, can go back and look at every one of those uh, Jericho matches that he's performed at, in a New Japan ring and hand wave his overall performance. I think he's been very good. And I'll go so far as to say he's better than even I expected. I think the match will be great. I really do. I think there'll be a buzz and an energy in that building. I think it, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. I think two pros like that, nah. I, I got no concerns over those two. I guess having that Dominion main event being slightly disappointing would be something that you know someone like Jericho would look at and think, where did that go wrong? And what can we do next time to avoid that from happening? So I, again, I've got a great deal of faith in Tanahashi to lay out a match and a compelling story for a big spot like that, that's going to deliver. Uh, what do you say to the possibility of Chris Jericho beating Tanahashi and then going on to challenge the champion at New Beginning in Osaka Joe? Possible. I mean, it's certainly on the table. I would say it's a better than 50% chance. I would I would put the odds. I would go 75-25 Jericho wins. Right? I would go 75-25 Jericho wins. Um, and then challenging on? Sure, why not? I Look, I think Chris Jericho. And I've never been a... Like, his WWE run was hot and cold for me. But even, even in WWE, he was always consistently one of the better performers. Right, he had a little sputter, where everything just felt, you know, dry and flat and whatever. I don't. I'm. I think. I think right now, Chris Jericho is fucking fire. Like, like you watch the AEW stuff. To to you, is Chris Jericho an absolute highlight of that show? Like to me, there's two guys that stand head and shoulders above everybody else. Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho. And I think Chris Jericho, uh, just he he he's he's mesmerizing right now. Like he's a fantastic fucking heel. Do I like the clown makeup? Do I like the fact that he's trying to fucking be you know pain maker or whatever the fuck? Okay, that's a little bit. All right, you're, you're you know you're fifty, you're forty something years old. You're trying to be a rock star. I get it. Uh, 
that aside, Chris Jericho is fucking great. He really is. I I got I got no problem with 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 any involvement Chris Jericho has with New Japan Pro Wrestling because again, aside from that Okada match, you can't you can't give that his his run a thumbs down. I think you got to give it a, a passionate thumbs up. I would like to see him feuding with Jay White. Just I'm just imagining yes. the back and forth on the microphone and the promos. Yes. Because he, he's done Kenny, he's done Naito, he's done Okada, he will have done Tanahashi. Let's just do Jay White and then he can be on his Joel, way. And that's exciting. Concentrate on stuff back home. Joel, I never thought of that. You know, you think of Jericho and you just think him, you know, being the guy that kind of every, you know, every, every Japanese guy he's got, you know, because that's just traditionally what it is. Jay White. Think of that. That's really good. Joel, I'm all in on that. I think that would be fucking tremendous. You nailed it. I love it. There we go. Give us Chris Jericho versus Jay White at Osaka Joe. Yeah. I'll have that. I'll have that. Do it. Book that. All right. What else we got? Fifth match, special singles match. Tetsuya Naito defeats Taichi 12 minutes 56 with a Destino. So... No bullshit from uh, Naito or Taichi here. So Naito, he's taking his suit off outside the ring while staring Taichi down. He, right uh, as soon as he gets in the ring, he's, uh, Naito's going after him. I thought that was awesome. And just, you, you can really feel the change between these two wrestlers and their characters. Taichi's wrestling style has changed. He seems to have cut out the bullshit. And now, Taichi looks and feels like a serious upper mid-card wrestler. And these two got great chemistry. I love the strike exchange with Taichi screaming at Naito. And he showed terrific fire and intensity in this match. And arguably, he looked more like the guy who was fired up to be in the Wrestle Kingdom title scene rather than Naito. Naito looks and feels very subdued at the moment. The swagger's gone. And I understand that's part of the story, but it was very noticeable here. But one of the things I do love about Naito, I, I like to see him fucking about with his opponents and being... Ellen Gobernable and being a bit of a knobhead. But I understand why he's not doing that here, and it makes sense. He's showing his character growth that he needs to cut the shit and be serious if he's going to turn his year around and make something of this Wrestle Kingdom chance that he's got. Does raise the question, though, Damon, whether or not Naito deserves, in kayfabe, to be in the mix for Wrestle Kingdom. So, well, before I dig into that, Damon, what did you think of the Naito Taichi match? I liked it. I, I I did like it, and I think Tai Chi, and this is me. I I he's got to be in the mix again. We're 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 in year end award talk, and it's right around the corner. At very least, he's got to be in the mix for most improved. Um, and I know people are gonna be like, he was always good. Okay, yeah, okay. The the when I say he's improved, let me let me let me let me break that down for you. There is a huge portion of New Japan Pro Wrestling fandom that does not like Tai Chi. And they don't like him. They don't like the gimmick. And they are resting their opinions on past Tai Chi. And I cannot believe I'm saying this in the year 2019. But I am actively defending the guy to those people of you know you're you're letting past influence your decisions now because this 2019 has been very 
very good. I like, I think Tai Chi, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say he's one of my favorite wrestlers, Joel, but he is not, if you're hitting the fast forward button on Tai Chi, you're, you're, you're missing the, you're, you're missing the boat. You're, you, 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 you need to recalibrate. Uh, this match was good. I don't think it was great. Uh, I wouldn't put this in my favorite matches of, of, Either guy. I'm going to put it at the top of the list. But I thought it was a solid match. Uh, tai Chi's a gatekeeper, though. And I think that's that's been established. Um, Wrestle Kingdom right around the corner, Joel. I'm going to throw a question to you. What do you do with Tai Chi? Mm. Here's a guy I would who- love to see him and Zach in the tag title scene. Mm. Because I really enjoyed their tag team last year. Hasn't been the best year for Zach. And I just think it would be a great way for both of them to, you know, in storyline to say, okay, things haven't gone quite right for us in terms of singles wrestling. Let's get things back on track. Let's win the World Tag League and go out there and and do the business. But I don't think it's going to happen because obviously Zach's got that RevPro title and I expect he'll be defending that at Wrestle Kingdom, probably against Sonata. So what do you do with Taichi at Wrestle Kingdom? Gosh, well... I mean, what's left is, what is there to fight for? There, there's no single titles that he can fight for because it looks, well, heavyweight IC title wrapped up. Uh, never title, Kenta's got that, so Taichi's not going to get a sniff there. US title, probably not because Lance Archer's got that. You imagine that's going to be on either him or Juice and maybe John Moxley's going to be in the mix as well. It doesn't really leave you with much, does it? No, and here's what's sad. Here's a guy that, I wouldn't necessarily say he was a cornerstone, but throughout the year, again, 2019, Tai Chi had a great year. Tai Chi had a great year in 2019. And now, Joel, we don't have one building where we got to shoehorn in all these guys and try to give them a role on it. We've got two fucking nights at the Dome. We got nothing for the guy? Isn't that sad? Never six, man. <laughs> Sticking with Kanemaru Desperado. I would just walk out. I would just walk. I'd be like, fuck this. I'm going home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's to me, that's the shame of, 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 of sometimes New Japan's booking. Uh, is that you have a, like, it feels to me that a guy who, again, if we're looking at this objectively, has had one of his best years on, in, in, on the roster. And as of right now, as of November 5th, we're kind of struggling trying to come up with what do we do with Tai Chi. That's a shame. But that, that's what you guys like, you know, Tai Chi, Goto, Ishii, Evil, Sonata, that's what they're there for, to slot into these lower-level shows when you need, you know, the tap on the shoulder, go out there, give me a great main event or semi-main event. And it's just the way the cookie crumbles that when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom and your Dominions, they don't... I don't get that rod. They're not going to get the big spot on the card. Okay, but let's let's use a let's use a comparable, a guy who had another another person who had an unbelievable 2019, right? Who resurrected career? Who uh, no one really, you know, everybody kind of was like, yeah, let's give this guy a shot, and then he took advantage of it, and that's Lance Archer. Lance Archer ha- absolutely has things to do come Wrestle Kingdom. Tai Chi doesn't? 
All right, let me throw something at you. And you tell me what you think, you know, likelihood of it happening and whether or not you'd be into it. January 5th, Tai Chi versus Jushin Thunder Liger. No. 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 I don't want that. I, I, do, I don't. And, and again, this that there, that's to me, that's just duct taping a match, right? There's no, like, I need that last match to be either someone who is high in the New Japan pro wrestling pecking order or, you know, it's got to be, this is, this is, all right, it's Liger's last, last match, Joel. A guy who's been in this business since the 80s. Who has had this gimmick since the '90s? His last match is going to be against Tai Chi. No, his last best of the Super Juniors match was against Tai Chi. <laughs> the history's there. Come on, Joel. We can do better. Maybe than an that. upcoming episode of WH Parts Thunderstruck. <laughs> is that what this is? Is this you selling your your episode with WH Park? Is this what this is? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second, but um, I still have no idea who they're going to put in Liger for the fifth. I mean, there's there's talk it's going to be Hiromo, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, and and that's kind of weird to me too, don't you think? It is, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that later. I just want to stick with Naito for now. Uh, Violence Giving says, it's part of the issue with the double titles due to Naito originally raising the idea in a way that his big belt shot would be earned via the New Japan Cup or G1, whereas now it's just happening because it's been talked about. So, again, speaking purely in kayfabe terms, Damon, does Tetsuya Naito deserve to be in the mix for Wrestle Kingdom? No! No! I mean, the narrative of 2019 has been, oh, Naito hasn't won big big ones, and he's been knocked down and, and... and the redemption and and basically all it's been is is him saying uh yeah i i i i kind of want this i have this dream of mine of being two belt naito i mean you know like you know the g1 falling short uh losing at madison square garden uh i mean you know no, no i mean if you're looking at it from a pure you know wins losses big match wins deserving title shots that 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 perspective it's, it's hard to you know other than ah uh, he wants it and he's naito what other reason is he in this mix i can't answer that right right i mean is that kind of yeah and here's the thing too you know people look at naito's as the character of oh, i don't give a fuck um you know total chill and blah, 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 you know. But he does care. You know what I mean? Like, obviously he does care. And and the fact that he tries to come across as as the fact that he doesn't care kind of demeans everything, doesn't it? Like, again, it's more of, like, he spends the majority of his career shitting on the Intercontinental title. And and now it's an important thing, you know what I mean? Like it's just there's just a lot of a lot of mixed messages that go that has gone into the planning of this uh, mini tournament, we'll call it. A lot of mixed messages. But no, to answer your question, 
I don't know. Aside from him being Naito and being a cornerstone of the promotion, even though he doesn't, you know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but uh, doesn't think that he is or he isn't. It's just, it's, it's basically him saying, I, I want this. And he's in. He's got no claim to be no. facing Jay White again because Jay White beat him clean in the G1 block finals and beat him clean and took his Intercontinental title at destruction. So yeah. why on earth he deserves to get another shot at Jay White? I don't know. Does he deserve to have even a, even have a match against Ibushi for a briefcase? Right? He loses the title Master Square Garden. And what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, of all of them, of all of them, he has the least claim to to any path of a Wrestle Kingdom match other than I have a dream. He's fucking Martin Luther King. <laughs> and he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 You know, that, that's, I mean, that's where, that's where we're at. That's. They, they could have done this better. They should have had him, you know, he, he loses the G1 thing and then. I, don't, I I want to see him just like absolutely carving through the singles division and beating all these guys. I mean, not just beat Taichi, he could beat Goto as well. Beat Ishii, beat, I don't know, have some beat someone from his own faction, have him beat Evilos and Adder to say, this is how much I want this. Look, I've beaten everyone else there is. You can't deny me a, a shot at this, but having one win against Taichi is right. not very That's convincing. Like again, Abushi has a briefcase. Okada has the, the world title. Jay White has the Intercontinental title. Naito has a win over Tai Chi. <laughs> right? I mean, let's look at this objectively a little bit here. Does does seem a little odd, doesn't it? All right, let's move on to the sixth match, which was the Super Junior Tag League final match with Rapongi 3K becoming three-time champions, defeating El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru in 40 minutes 13 with show getting the pin over El Desperado. Uh, and they finally used the 3K. They finally used their team move. I thought this was very, very good, Damon. I like this a lot. I thought show selling was outstanding. The best I've seen from him, him selling his back, screaming when he was thrown into the guardrail. And throughout the match, I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really good. It, towards the end, it almost felt like a singles match between show and Despy. And it paid off the show storyline throughout the tournament of him losing uh, the being on the receiving end of the defeats and having yo pick up all the pinfalls and submissions for the team and the fact that they did finally use their 3k tag finisher which they didn't manage to do throughout the whole of the super junior tag league and also want to give credit to despin kanemaru who i thought were outstanding heels here they were tremendous and they don't get enough credit and it's a shame they won't be in the title picture but you got to pick your two teams that you want in that wrestling kingdom match and stick with them and i'm going to give new japan credit for Fingers crossed, doing that. So, what did you think of the match? I love the match. I thought the match was great. Um, there is a there is a part where people are, I don't know, maybe a little. They kind of think oh, this is kind of a, a, an easy booking, right? An easy um, way to go with three times. Three times this team has won it, so a uh, dominant junior tag. You know, maybe it would have been nice to have somebody else win it. But truth be told, they are the best junior tag team. Right? I mean, quality-wise. I, I, 
I really feel like they, they are headed to You could make the case that they're, they're the best tag team overall. But um, again, right. we'll save that for our end of year awards. But right. I'm sure they are very, very good. They will get plenty of votes. Um, and again, I know this is an, a, a surefire way to get uh, Sho and Yo uh, a somewhat of a high-profile match. And then Kanemaru and uh, Despi as well. So, no, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a, or excuse me, uh, not uh, uh, ELP and uh, and Ishimori, right? They're 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 going to be challenging. Uh, Rapongi is challenging. I'll get it out right. Um, so again, it's an easy way to kind of slot these teams in at Wrestle Kingdom. So, but again, three times, three in a row. It kind of does lead to people's narratives of the tag divisions being an afterthought for New Japan um, and the lack of creativity centered around not only uh, the juniors, because, and the juniors one is kind of shocking to me because there is so much talent there, as you saw during the junior tag tournament, but also, of course, the, 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 Thorn in everyone's side, the heavyweight title situation is uh, just, boy, just a lack of, again, a lack of creativity when it comes to tag situations in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is it is one of those head scratchers that I cannot put my finger on. Well, we did have El Fantasma and Ishimori attacking Roppongi 3K afterwards and stealing the trophies, continuing the storyline that they felt that they'd been cheated out of the Super Junior Tag League. And the match is official, so we're going to get Roppongi 3K versus Ishimori and El Fantasma for January 5th. So again, if it stays like that, I want to give credit for having a two versus two Super Junior Tag League final and a two versus two match at Wrestle Kingdom, which is exactly what I want. So if it stays like that, I'm a happy man. So good job there. And to me... This match, Damon puts a lovely bow on what I thought was a really excellent Super Junior Tag League in what's usually a dead time of year for New Japan. So the whole tournament, top to bottom, I think has been great. There was not a single match that I disliked. All the matches were either good to great. And I just thought a a, a tremendous job. And when we saw the names announced, we were a bit lukewarm on it. We thought, "Uh, really, this doesn't look great. But I thought all 16 of those guys have knocked it out of the park, and it's tremendously enjoyable. Uh, I mean, just looking back to the the data, my little table, the, the interesting things were, of course, uh, Yo, up until the final, being the one to get all five... No, he, he got four, all four of Rapongi 3K's win uh, up until the last match, which uh, where Sho finally managed to get the pin over El Fantasmo, and he's leveraging that into having a shot at the RevPro... British cruiserweight title at the New Japan Showdown in San Jose. But we'll talk about that later. But that's the payoff. I mean, we talked about this. What's going on? Why is Show taking all these defeats and El Fantasmo picking up all the wins? I, I, I guess this was the payoff for it. So that I thought was very interesting. And what have we got next? Uh, seventh match on the show. Unless there's anything you want to say about the Super Junior Tag League. No, I mean, I, I mean, it would just be, be me echoing exactly what you said. I, I thought everything was enjoyable. There was nothing that was terrible. Um, and again, it can be a dry run leading up to World Tag League, which is even drier. To me, the junior tag scene is by far much more exciting than the heavyweights, um, which, again, kind of just strengthens the argument of 
we don't need both. <laughs> we could just have one, and I think tag team wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling would be so much better. Um, again, we're all waiting on pins and needles for the World Tag League announcements, the teams. But to me, uh, juniors blow away the heavies just about every day. Combine them. It'll be more fun. Trust me. Seventh match was the Never Openweight Championship match with the champion Kenta successfully defending in his second defense against Tomohiro Ishii using the go-to-sleep. This was really, really good. They just beat the crap out of each other. And the moment that was going to live long into my memory was when Kenta is hitting Ishii with elbows, the forearms. And Ishii is just no-selling them and just taking a step forward each time. And he's getting closer and closer and closer. And the crowd knows it's coming. And they're very, very quiet. And then Ishii just takes Kenta's head off with this forearm. And you can just hear this, like this meaty smack. And the crowd just loses their minds. And Kenta just absolutely collapses to the ground. What a great moment that was. Uh, and also Ishii, at the end of this match, he sold the go-to-sleep like absolute death. I thought this was Kenta's best match in New Japan so far. This is what the Royal Quest match was on its way to being before Kenta got hurt. I loved it. What did you think? Fucking tremendous. I mean, it's it's it, it, look, again, you know what I'm going to say. It's Ishii, right? So the fact that that uh, we're raving about Ishii in a singles match, high profile, I mean, that, that you listen to this show at all, you, you know we're going to have our pants down. Kenta's best match? Yeah. I love heel Kenta. I really do. And I think that it, it took a while for people to kind of get used to the fact that, again, we said it before, this is not 2004 Kenta. He is, uh, he might be, we talk about we talked about ELP, we talked about Jay White, we talked about heels in New Japan Pro Wrestling. To me, he is by far the most entertaining, fun. He plays the dead. I'll tell you what, one thing. I'll tell you one thing that his time in the WWE has done for him. He it has given him range to be able to be this good of a heel. He went from a guy that was shit on by not only Western eyes, but from Japanese fans as well. Shit on. They fucking hated him and not in a good hate. He has turned the corner and turned this into just a legitimate great heel. And 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 I have to thank if and mark it down, timestamp it, because I'm about to give this company some fucking credit. A lot of that, I, I really feel like, is his time in WWE has helped that. Uh, so you add a tremendous pro wrestler who is a little banged up and add a little bit extra spice and a little bit lair to him. I think it's great. I think it's great. And, of course, look, I don't think we can go f- much further without talking about, once again, Kenta attacking Shibata. This is now the second time, Joel, where Kenta attacks Shibata, and Shibata's taking some pretty nasty bumps. Guardrail shots. He went into that guardrail pretty fucking hard. Does this mean, does this mean, Joel, 
Again, two times. There's got to be a payoff. This is not just about Goto defending the honor of Shibata. Joe, we got to do Shibata at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Tell me that Shibata is clear and ready to go for Wrestle Kingdom. He's ready to go. To me, the physicality of those two altercations he's had with Kenta over those two shows, you don't do that if the guy is not an active wrestler anymore and if there's genuine worries about his health because you know taking that bump off the the apron and the the stiff kicks to the chest there's no doubt in my mind that that guy's going to wrestle again i don't know when the match is coming though because i don't know if you do kenta against goto at wrestle kingdom and then you save shibata for maybe new beginning you have that being maybe your new year dash thing where they make the match official but i mean to me that's overcomplicating it i I would just book it. Do something at World Tag League final and you make the match official. Kenta versus Shibata for the Never Open Weight title. To me, it's an absolute no-brainer. I, I mean, again, I find it very difficult to believe that we're doing this twice. And there are people that might not be necessarily in the know, but have been... Let's just, just say we spend some time on the street, Joel, and we've gotten feedback where... Even they believe that, again, there's nothing official. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up and all this stuff. But even just talking back and forth, the feeling is that, man, they wouldn't be doing this if if this wasn't the end goal. This just seems like the ultimate dick tease to me. They can't do that, right? They're not going to do that. New Japan Pro Wrestling isn't going to give you this dick tease. I mean, to to this level, and not have a payoff, right, Joel? Tell me, right? Tell me, I'm right. Yeah, because like you say, you you don't do that twice because it just makes you about to look like a complete fool that he's getting beaten up twice and he has to have Goto to defend his honor. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. Right. And you know, Shibata's there and he's he's all he's got his wrist taped up. He's ready to go. You know, why would you do that and get everyone's hopes up if there's going to be no payoff to it? I just, I, I think it's happening. I think we're getting Kenta versus Shibata. What can I say? Right. And here's the thing. You're right. That, that would be, now Now you, you've negatively, if you don't do it, this is not people getting worked up. This is not people fucking fantasy booking, right? This really isn't. You did it twice. You did it twice. He is the, the, the focal point of this at this point. They're not going to... They, 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 I mean, yeah, Joel, again, I'm, I need to be very clear. We have not had anybody say, yeah, Damon, Joel, just FYI, just keep it between us, but you're getting Shibata, and it's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to get Nobody said that. Nobody. No, look, and look, if, if it is happening, if the plan is Shibata versus Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom, I guarantee you there's probably about three people who know about right. it. One being right. Kenta, one being Shibata, and one being Ghetto, right. and that's probably it. Right, right. But, but, this is not speculating anymore. Like, we're beyond the point of speculating, right? This is in front of our own fucking eyes that they're laying this out. Two times, Joel would... How, again, I don't want to, like, it's hard for me to be like, let's talk about it, because it, it isn't happening, and I don't want to get my hopes up. 
and I don't want to be disappointed. But to me, it feels like it has to happen. It feels like it is happening. Joel, how fucking exciting is it going to be to hear those those opening bung, 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 in the Tokyo Dome in front of 40-some-odd thousand people? Shibata's return against Kenta. How fucking psyched would you be for that? I'm grinning ear to ear just thinking <laughs> about it. Yeah. And where do you put that? Okay, so we've got Hiromu versus Osprey. That's that's a done deal. That's January 4th. So if we're doing Shibata Kenta, do you put that January 4th as well? And January 4th is the day of the two most anticipated comebacks in wrestling to offset the fact that maybe the you know the main event bit, the, 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 this mini tournament thing is not as conclusive as it's going to be the following night. I think you put it night two. I do because because I don't know if you want two returns, you know the night of returns because you want each one of those to be a little bit special, right? In, in its own right. True, and then you you are loading up on night two then because not only do you have the culmination of the tournament and Liger's final match and Tanahashi Jericho for what it's worth, you're throwing Shibata in there as well. Ooh. Yeah, because look at look at the fourth though. Fourth, you got uh, what do you got? You got Okada. Is is Okada? Um, Ibushi definitely on the fourth. Yeah, so we got Okada Ibushi, Naito J Wyatt for the Intercontinental Title, the Liger multi-person tag match, and then Osprey Hiromu. I mean, right? Oh my god! Not, and then we're it's not- beginning to look a lot <laughs> like Christmas. <laughs> Holy moly! I just got a little breathless there. I mean, write that shit down and look at it. That's this is gonna be fucking good, dude. This is gonna be good. All right, again, we don't know Shibata and Kenta. We don't know. We can't, nothing's been. But holy fuck, if they do that, that uh oh boy, the blood the blood is flowing. I need Manscaped. I need to. Uh, <laughs> I need to clean up because I need because because I, I see some action in my future. <laughs> I see some blood flow. All right, right, both of us, we're going to be in that Tokyo Dome pants down and we want to look our best. That's right. Promo code SuperJCast, manscaped.com, 20% off uh, free shipping. Yeah, that's right. See how we subtly uh, lied on it? Good job. Yes, uh, yeah, Tokyo Dome, you want your balls to be... uh, I can't even do it now. (laughs) I'm too excited. Katsuyori! Katsuyori, (laughs) what do you think of these? Well-groomed. 20% off. Again, code SuperJCast, free shipping. Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. All right. Uh, I'm All right. Uh, another question here. Violet Skipping says, how refreshing was it to have ELP and, to a lesser extent, Ishimori, Taichi, Desperado, Kanemaru, and Kenta matches, all with next to no bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. How about that, right? Uh, I mean, again, you saw a little bit of, of, of Gato get, getting in the mix. Um, yeah, they saved all the bullshit for the main event, which yeah. we'll come to, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. And again, one of the reasons why I enjoy the Ishimori El Fantasmo tag team is because that mitigates the El Fantasmo bullshit. And yeah, again, I think it's good for Kenta to get a clean win here. Yeah, yeah. I want to I, I want to establish him as 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 a heel, but but as a dominant, forceful heel. I think that's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. My head is still spinning over the idea of Shibata Kenta. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's really... 
Imagine someone telling you that at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Both those names. You'd be like, what? Right, right. Fuck me. All right. I, I, look, I don't want to get too excited. Again, nothing's been announced. Nothing's been... But... Yikes. All right. Uh, yeah, let, let's finish up this show. All right. So eighth match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with the champion, Will Ospreay, getting his third defense, uh, successfully defending against the challenger, Bushi, in a refreshingly short 60 minutes and 20 seconds with the Stormbreaker. This... How good was this? This was a really great match, Damon. And let's give Bushi his flowers first. Where's this Bushi been hiding? Because he was absolutely terrific here. I love it. Bell to bell, I thought he was terrific. He he scouted Will Ospreay's big moves. And we had that really cool spot with a mist exchange. We had Bushi ducking the hidden blades, pulling red shoes in front of the Oz cutter. And that bit at the end where he hit Ospreay with an MX, they got me, Damon. They fucking got Me me. When he hit that MX, I was like, oh my God. Bushi's going to win the title. And admittedly, it kicked out fine, but I was just on my edge of my seat watching this. And, and as I said, 60 minutes for a Will Ospreay match, I like that. Not every Osprey match needs to go like 25 plus minutes. This felt more like one of Osprey's tournament matches. And so Bushi, brilliant. He did such a good job here. And also Osprey, to me, this is solidifying him as wrestler of the year. He's going to get... I mean, I don't want to lay all my cards on the table, but I, I think if you listen to this show, you know that that he's he's in my mix. Let's put it that way for wrestler of the year. Bushi was great, and you're right that near fall. Look, I don't think anyone watching this match felt going in that Bushi was going to to take this title. I just don't. Even if you're a Bushi fan, I really think if you looked at it honestly, you, you didn't think Bushi was walking away as as champion. That near fall. Ooh, it got me. And, and and I don't think that you can ask for anything more out of a pro wrestler than grab me, pull me in, and make me believe you got a shot. Right? And and let me let me let me uh experience that that near fall for all it's worth. And they did. So at the very least, again, I thought the overall match was really great. Really enjoyed it. I thought Bushi was fantastic. Will, again, awesome. Again, 16 minutes, I think, was the perfect time. But that one fall, whew, if you can encapsulate a match in one in, in one moment, that really that was it. That was a really great job by both of those guys. And even Will on the kick out. Uh, and even you know, everybody involved, referees involved in that too. So uh yeah, awesome job. It got me. And uh, you're right, 16 minutes, it seems like a perfect match length and time. Great performance by both guys. And again, I think Bushi was a standout because, I don't. I mean, look, I know he can go, but I don't think anybody really expected that type of performance. Once again, it just kind of, kind of just speaks to the narrative of getting the tap on the shoulder and having people that can go. And, and Bushi proved that he's one of those people that if he gets the tap on the shoulder, he can go. And again, having a dance partner in Will, Certainly helps, but it takes two to tango, and 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 he, and he lived up to his end of the deal. Now we had worked ourselves up, Damon, expecting a big return at the end of this match, and you know I was 
hopeful, but I wasn't thinking like, yeah, this is an absolute lock that he's coming back. But then when the commentators started laying it on real thick, like, oh, Osprey's beating everyone now. As soon as they started doing that, I was like, oh, okay, something's happening here. And then Osprey started saying it after the match, saying, oh, I've beaten everyone there is to beat. And then you hear the crowd start chanting for Hiromu. And then when Osprey goes, he's not here, and starts to leave the ring. And then, and then, Damon, I, I want to hand over to you. you. You talk me through your experience of the comeback, the end of Hiromu Watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit that we can, we can put the rest, right? We can put it to bed. Look, I think for magical pro wrestling moments, this has to rank right up there as one of the, the, the better ones. Uh, the music hits, the, the, the little video montage, Daryl, the time bombs, the countdowns, and then seeing Hiromo come out. I think the fans there were so thrilled. He looked so thrilled. Um, it's been a long time, right? It's been a long time, and you finally get that payoff. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I think I think the commentating team did did a great job of helping sell it. Um, and I and and to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, I I was in conversation with Kevin Kelly and told him flat out. I said I thought that was one of the best jobs that you've done to date. And he even acknowledged the fact that he he put out a line that that was you know the people online you know waiting for these things waiting for this to come to you know to come to pass and waiting for Hiromo and that whole line he he even mentioned to me that that was for us and our listeners and voices of wrestling and and the the people who have been saying it for months um, so that's a that's a tip. I'll, I'll I'll let that one out. That's a tip of the cap, Kevin Kelly, to all of us watching at home. It was a great moment. It was a okay. there's not there, there's not a lot that's going to get a forty something year old guy emotional. That's one of them. That's one of them. And it's here. We got our big match at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, the fact that Ted Romo's running around into guardrails and to try to uh, to to, to uh, let everyone know that there is going to be no no taming down of styles. It's not going to be shoot fighter Hiromo. power warrior Hiromo. Uh, that's not going to happen. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. He is he is a burst of energy. He is a lightning rod. Uh, and he just makes New Japan Pro Wrestling so much better. And Wrestle Kingdom, we got it. And this will be a great match. And everyone's excited. And we got a healthy Hiromo back in the fold. Life couldn't get much better, could it? No, it cannot. Absolutely. And, you know, Saturday, there was a disappointment with the rugby. Arsenal fucking up again. But I didn't care because I was just holding on the hope that Hiromo would come back. Krusty is coming. Krusty is coming. And, you know, we've been out on this show. How many times have I erroneously predicted the return of Hiromu Takahashi? Just clutching on to the hope because I love the guy. He's my favorite wrestler. And he was one of, I thought he was one of the best wrestlers last year in spite of being on the shelf for half the year. And I just adore the guy. He's just, has breathed whole new life into the company. 
so vibrant, such a colourful character and just seeing his face and his expression and how full of joy he was to be back there in front of the fans and in that ring. It's just, it's hot, was very hot, hard not to get emotional about that. It's just a guy who seems to be loved by everyone, all the fans. And the segment went on for quite a long time, but for me, it was perfect. He could have stayed out there for half an hour and I would have loved every minute from it. I just wanted to see his wackiness and zaniness and I just wanted to see Hiromu exuding out into that arena and on my screen and him, you know, throwing himself into the turnbuckle and saying meow to Will Ospreay and bridging on his neck and just that moment of him bridging on his neck going, Mike, please, right. Mike, please. I was cracking up. Like, uh, and again, a much needed moment of levity. And some people have said that they thought it was a bit too cutesy, a bit too wacky with, you know, the entrance videos and the stuffed cats and, and everything. And it went on too long, but, I got to disagree with that. I just thought it was great. I I loved it. Yeah, I I, I had no problem. And you're right. It could have gone on for 20 minutes longer, and I I was still would have been there. Look, um, there's there's not many people on any pro wrestling roster where uh, a pro wrestler is universally adored, right? From and again, you have pockets of fandom within New Japan Pro Wrestling where certain segments like certain things and some people, you know, they, they like the, the comedy element or the Tai Chi element or the, you know, Los Ingo Bernabalis fan. You know, it's, everybody has their own little kind of club that they stick with. I, 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 don't, I don't know one person. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know one person who is like, who hand waves Hiromo. I don't know one. Um, and that's rare to me. He's universally loved. On top of that, his matches are fucking incredible. The character itself is is energetic and vibrant. And and I and and even with all that went on in that ring, I don't think anything any of it was overbearing or over the top or you were like, Ugh, okay, get out of the ring. I, I really it it was it, it was a moment that uh I think was fitting, and I think it was a moment that everyone will remember. You know, if you're if you're a new fan or an old fan alike, that moment will will will, will stick with you. And Russell Kingdom will be great. So, uh, hats off to everybody involved because uh, you, you sold it. You sold the importance of it. You sold. Here's what I loved: they sold the passion that everyone feels toward Hiromo. And I think that was a key. Like, commentating, even Osprey kind of stepping back a little bit. You know, everybody knew, and, and, and the return and the video package, I think everyone bought in on New Japan Pro Wrestling fans' passion for Hiromo. Um, and, and, they, and they helped. Like, it didn't go on deaf ears. And I and I, I appreciate the fact that the company acknowledged the fact that this guy A is popular. B fans are passionate about his return. The, 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 they were dying for it. And again, it was Christmas morning, and we got the bike under the tree. And Santa was good to us. So the match is official now for January fourth, where Hiromu is going to challenge Will Ospreay for that junior heavyweight title, and Will Ospreay. 
has sounded a bit heelish in the promos and he's leaning into it because he knows that there's not a single person in that building who's going to be cheering for Osprey. Everyone wants Hiromu to win, so I think it's very smart for him to be able to acknowledge that and respond accordingly and he's saying stuff like, it's great that you're back, but I'm the champion, I'm better than you, I'm stronger than you and I'm going to put you back on the shelf. So I think that's a smart angle to approach it from. And at the press conference today, Hiromi was talking about making a junior faction to go against the heavies. Uh, so Juice9100 on Twitter says, are you guys interested in the mention of a junior faction to form against the heavyweights? Do you think there's any substance in that, Damon, or do you think it's just Hiromi being wacky? I think it's both of them being wacky because I know Will was online doing what Will does best on Twitter. Uh, and and uh, Tamatanga had to step in um, and uh, set someone straight. But... Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, the problem is, is that you could say that all you want, Will. The problem is that the company, since 1972, has always put heavyweights on a pedestal. Um, and that's not going to change overnight. And still to this day, it's the, it's the case. It's gotten better. It feels a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. So, no, I, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon where there's a, a faction of juniors. Because here's the problem. General perception is going to be, eh. They're juniors, and uh, you're not going to win in the end. So, uh, no, I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. We did have a question about that, if I may jump in. So, um, this what Anders said, what do you think of Osprey tweeting that he and uh, Hiromi should main event the Tokyo Dome? How high on the card do you think they should be? Realistically, where are you putting that match on the card? I mean, it's not going to be above any of the tournament matches. Um you know, it's not obviously. It's not going to be if if it's not going to be above uh, Liger's retirement match. It might be above the multi-man. You know, through the years, this is your life, Jushin Liger match. Um, yeah, it'll be on the same night as that. Yeah, so, so I, I think it'll be above that. Um, so, but below, you know, below the heavyweight main events. It'll be below. Yeah. So it'll be probably like fourth from the top or third from the top. Yeah. So if we're putting Kenta Shibata for the Never title on that show, are you putting that before or after Osprey Hiromu? See, again, I wouldn't put – if Shibata's returning, that there's there's no way I'm putting it on the same show. But if we were, Shibata goes above Hiromu. Just, it's just the, the natural pecking order of, of New Japan Pro Wrestling, don't you think? Okay, well, I'm calling it. That's going to be our top four matches on January 4th. We have, well, not an intermission. They don't do those anymore, but we're going Hiromu Osprey, Shibata Kenta, Jay White Naito, and then Okada Ibushi. That's what I think. I think you put, if, if you're doing Shibata, and again, I hate saying it because it, it, I, I feel like I, when I put it out there, it's like, uh, I would put it on the second night. I would put it on the fifth. But again, if you're putting it on the fourth, yeah, that's, that's, that's the exact order I would go. Asper on the Discord says, Hiromi said backstage at the Tokyo Dome, he won't just have the time bomb. Do you think that's hinting a new finisher or is he just going to use the D, which was I think it was a triangle submission hold, to beat Osprey? If it's a new finisher, it takes a wild guesses on what it will be. So do you think he's going to have a new finisher? Maybe something to reflect his safer style? Maybe you know, a, a, a side headlock, something like that? <laughs> I don't think we're seeing a side headlock on him. Uh, I think it's going to be even crazier, to be honest with you. Again, his his... His passionate whipping himself into the into the guardrails and taking back bumps and taking corner bumps. 
uh, kind of spoke to the fact that you ain't getting a different Hiromu. I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna be a different finisher. He's gonna jump from the top of the Tokyo Dome, <laughs> shooting star press, uh, to the floor. Do, do you think? Yeah, I mean, the move that put him on the shelf was the Phoenix Plex, if I'm not mistaken. Do you think we see that either him giving that move or receiving that move? Like, because if they. You think they're going to do that? No. In the Osprey I hope match, not. Osprey setting up for the Phoenix Plex, just even to just tease it. Oh, tease? Yeah, yeah. I think a tease is absolutely. I, I think it's a definite. Um, and they might even try to do it. I mean, they're silly like that, you know. Uh, but I think a tease is. I think that's a definite, right? <laughs> I think just to get the gasp out of the crowd. Yeah, I think. I, I think that's a definite. You're going to see. Whether they hit it or not, I don't know. But I think I think a tease is is absolute an absolute. Swordfish zero zero eight three zero says on Twitter. Now that Hiromu watch is over, can we start Dragon Lee watch to see when he returns to NJPW? Because I mean, now that Hiromu is back, it's only a matter of time before people start looking towards that rematch. Yeah. Surely, yeah, a little rev- like a building it as a little revenge match, possibly. Uh, I, I I will say this, and and I think it's sooner than later. Don't you think, Joel? I think I think Dragon Lee. I don't. I don't let's put it this way. I don't think we're going to need to have uh, any type of watch uh, bit on this show for Dragon Lee. I think we'll see it sooner than later. But there's so many interesting programs for Hiromu as well. So the Ishimori rematch because that was such a brilliant match at the Best of the Super Juniors final last year. You got Desperado, and they've got incredible chemistry together. And you know, Desperado picking up all these wins in the Super Junior Tag League—that's not for nothing. So, I'll tell you what: other people he hasn't even wrestled yet. Robbie Eagles, yeah, he hasn't wrestled yet. There, the rematch with Dragon Lee. There's, there's so much that's on the table right now that you can confidently say, "Will, go do your heavyweight thing. We're good. We're good. You know, this does. This does." take a lot of pressure off of will being like the, that that guy um you could you could definitely have him focus more on being that heavyweight and Hiromo taking care of things because you because you just rattled off three or four programs without even trying in the juniors juniors gonna be fine and dare I say even more exciting now the fact that we have Osprey versus Hiromu locked in for January 4th does leave a question mark about Jushin Thunder Liger. Does this change your thinking about who his opponent might be on the 5th? Do you think it could be Hiromu doing double duty? Do you think it's likely that he would do Osprey on the 4th and then Liger on the 5th? Or do you think we're looking at someone else for Liger? No, I think, I mean, with Tanahashi kind of being busy, uh, that takes him off the table, right? Uh, I think Hiromo is, is is the guy at this point. And I think he goes into the fifth as champion. Right? Um that that's that was a name that people have, have have thrown around a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Because here's the thing. I can't think of anybody else that would be fitting for that match, for that final match. I mean, again, we're doing the this is your life match the night before. So that alleviate, you know, eliminates a lot of those. Oh, Naoki Sano. Oh, it's uh, Sasuke. Oh, 
Fujinami, uh, you know, all those legends of his past. I think it, I think it's got to be the future, right? And again, I, I went on the record saying I thought it was going to be Tanahashi, but that ain't going to happen. So can Hiromo do double duty? Absolutely. Of course. He can. Uh, and it looks like, to me, again, nothing's been told, but it kind of feels like that's going to be the case. All right, well, that was Power Struggle. Really good show overall, wasn't it? I loved it. I thought it was really good. Like I said, wrestling was really good, but nothing... Damon, I'm trying to do a bit here. I'm Come sorry. On. Go, a... I'm sorry, go, go, go. You're supposed to say, but Joel, you've forgotten about the main event of the IWGP Intercontinental <laughs> Championship with Jay White successfully defending against Hiroki Goto in 27 minutes, 40 seconds with a Blade Runner. Uh, Damon, I watched this match. It wasn't a bad match, but I could not tell you one thing about it. Uh, look... It's Hiroki Goto, and I know people want to hang their hat on him being a legend and him being a, uh, right? Uh, look, let's 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 be fair and honest. This match, main event, was it was it the worst New Japan Pro Wrestling main event this year? I don't know because I don't know if I'm just if I'm being unfair on it that if you put it on another show, I might have watched it with a more keen eye. But just the fact that I was on this afterglow, this absolute buzz from seeing Hiromu come back, the whole thing was just a blur because I wasn't concentrating on the match. I was just thinking Hiromu's back. That's true. So I don't know if the match was bad or boring. I wasn't interested in it, which I guess is not a good sign. It might have been a terrible match, but I, I don't know because I, you know, I tried to concentrate on it. You know, put my phone away. Right, I'm watching this match now, but I could only think of my lovely Hiromu. Yeah, but I mean, look, they, they were. I will I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They were in a tough spot, right? That's a tough thing to follow. I, it, it was nowhere near as good as their G1 match. I thought their G1 match was really, really, really good, uh-huh. and one that holds up on a rewatch. This did not hold up to that in any way shape or form no i i i I thought the match was there you're right this was look again i'm trying to be optimistic and positive it was tough to follow yeah you know it's hard for people to be emotionally invested in after after having one of the more emotional moments in all of new japan Match was there. It was. It was. It was. It was an unbuttered piece of toast. Uh, there is. A, there is a theme though that it's Jay White and it's Hiroki Goto, and for a lot of people. And again, I know that there are passionate Jay White people out there. I get it. I'm one of them, right? I think he's had a tremendous year, but I. I can't say, hey, you got to go back and watch this one. This was brilliant. It's underappreciated. Right. I mean, look, it, it, it is what it is. This is, this, is, this is a running theme, though. I mean, you have people that just aren't into Jay White, right? They just, they're just not. That's okay. It's never going to connect with them. And then you have people that get it and, and are into it and are, you know, can find the subtleties and all that. Look, I don't know, and I haven't really heard anyone, even the Jay White supporters, going crazy over this match. Like, usually, you'll have the Jay White people that, you know, they're just not going to get it. 
you know, be vocal. And then the defenders will come out and try to point out where Jay White hit a home run. I don't hear that. <laughs> I, I don't even hear it from the, 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 Jay, the, the you know, even the Jay White supporters. The best I got was, eh, it was all right. It was good. It was all right. That's the best that I'm getting. And again, it's Hiroki Goto who, look, what, 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 what can we say at this point? What, what, what can we say? It's, he's good, but is it, no one is interested in seeing Hiroki Goto in a, in a spot. And, and here's the thing, too. At this point, are we at a point where we don't even take him seriously as a gatekeeper? Like don't like being a, like his role before was always, you know, the joke was Chief Jay Goto, and he and but but the reason why it worked that that implies you actually keep some people out of that right gate. who Thank who is he successfully gatekept right Thank you right Thank now, again he'll get a win in G one right and he'll get a win you know what I mean like. But but truth be told, you have to be somebody to 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 have that level. And I don't even think like there's so many dings on Goto that you gotten to the point where he's not even a, a, a he's not even a solid gatekeeper anymore. Not even a solid gatekeeper anymore. Uh, look, it, it, I think everybody was was just kind of again. I'm being being optimistic here and saying. There was a, there, the steam was let out of the building the minute Hiroma went to the back. And it's hard for people to kind of get reinvested in that. Jay White is polarizing, to say the least. Even then, I don't think this was you know, his best performance. And it's Hiroki Goto who people have, have kind of had enough of. And you know, they, they, there's just nothing to be invested in. No one in that building. No one in that building. Thought Hiroki Goto was was win, walking away with a win. We all knew it was a mini boss. To me, of all the mini bosses, Goto is probably my least interesting one. He just is. So that's where we were, and and again, that's kind of why we were like, you know, you know, let's let's put it this way that that was serious of us moving on. I totally forgot that that, that match occurred. Let's put it that way. So. On we go. We got through it, and now now we move on. It wasn't a horrible match, but there certainly wasn't any uh, any any uh, frosting on that cake. It was a dry vanilla cake that's been sitting out in the kitchen for four days, and you're like, ah, maybe I'll have a piece of that cake, and you're just add some dry ass fucking cake. I need some milk with this cake. Why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm chewing. All right, you get my point. Mally made these little, these little squares of toast that were buttered with sugar on them, which would have been very nice when they were hot and fresh out of the toaster, but they've been sitting in a plastic bag for a few days. And that is Hiroki Goto. Right. He, he's the little bag of toast squares. Right. He's the Danish that's been sitting in there, you know, the, 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 uh, the lemon Danish that nobody wants, right? And they're like, oh, it's just sitting there and sitting there. And then, you know, you kind of want a snack and you look at the bag and you're like, ah, all right. Maybe, maybe I can salvage the Turkish this. delight in the chocolate box. <laughs> right, right. The bounties in the box of celebration for any British listeners. There you go. That's what it is, though. And it's this. Uh, not hitting the mark. That's Hiroki Goto. 
I, I wouldn't even put him in bag of socks category. He is dry cake. Dry cake goto. <laughs> but a good dad energy. So yeah. He's got that going for him. He, he's my favorite dad. Um, and then we got uh, weirdly confusing and flat post-match stuff. Oh. They're, they're really not good at these multi-man post-match angles. They always come across a bit clumsy, a bit messy. They did the one at the... Uh, anniversary show that was before the New Japan Cup where they had all the guys coming out and I, I just think in this instance they needed to clearly set out and tell the audience what's going to happen they should have just had the, the guys come out it's just like right I'm going to f- fight you for your IC title on night two and then on uh, on night one and then night two I'm taking the IWGP title from you yeah okay bring it on and then all four guys staring each other down okay it might have been a bit cheesy but this was just really weird and quite uh, discombobulating um, yep. You know, we, we had a. Uh, so we started off with Jay White, and then Naito comes down looking all serious. I know this is serious, Naito. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm into this. The crowd were into it. Like, yeah, okay. Or now Ibushi's coming out. And then after Ibushi came out, there was just kind of dropped a bit. And then Okada comes out, and he just completely buried the Intercontinental title, saying to everyone, what the hell are you talking about? He doesn't want the IC title. He's telling the other three guys that they're idiots. He says, no double title match. That's nonsense. Crowd are cheering for that. You know, he's trying to do double title or not. And then the crowd just seemed like pretty lukewarm for both. And then Okada's just like, yeah, this idea is stupid. And then just walks off. And leaves the other three guys standing in the ring. And then Ibushi just sort of slinks off as well. And then we're left with Naito and Jay White. And then Jay White just tells everyone else to fuck off. And then Naito walks off as well and you think oh is he going to come back and stand his ground but no he just walks off and he ended up looking a bit weak I thought and I just feel New Japan fans are not used to seeing these sort of gimmicks though we've been predicting this mini tournament thing for ages but maybe other fans didn't see it coming they didn't know how to react to it and I I just thought Jay White made Naito look like a bit of a tool at the end when he told everyone to piss off and Naito just walked away like a little bitch and like I said before, Ibushi, he looks totally lost in the shuffle. Like like I said, I think he just feels like an afterthought here. The whole thing just went on for ages. And I, after watching that, I didn't even know what was going on. And there was some buzz there when Okada was confronting Naito, especially when he mentioned the fan vote. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is getting interesting. But, I mean, to me, that's where the only real excitement is. It's Okada against Naito. That's what people want. That's what the fan voting reflected. They didn't want any of the other combinations. And they did that uh, one-day fan vote using the line app saying, do you want to see an IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental double championship match? The yes vote was 15,952. No vote was 9,055. So it wasn't, you know, clearly a win for yes, but there was a big sizable chunk of people who weren't interested in seeing it. And there was a lot of stuff from Japanese fans posting on Twitter saying that they didn't want the IC title to be disrespected like that. They respected the lineage of it and the history, you know, guys like Nakamura, um, which is a bit funny considering it was a belt that they <laughs> made up for MVP back in 2011, which is basically what the US title is now. But yeah, it just felt a bit messy and clunky and confusing. But we got the conference today. The tournament is on. And what I also thought was interesting and I wasn't expecting is that the losers are also going to face off on January 5th. So interesting little wrinkle to that. So your thoughts on this, Damon? You're right. It was a rambling, loose, no direction, no no focused 
promo that's leading up to the main event for two nights at the Dome. Three of those people in that ring were shitting on the idea and the concept of it, right? Uh, you know, you had Naito that was that, that has built a, an entire year or two years, it feels like, or even longer, you know, actively shitting on the Intercontinental title. Okada <clears throat> laughing at the idea and, and the, even the thought process of doing something like this. You got, uh, again, Naito in the ring. Really doesn't have a claim to anything. He's just in the ring because that's what he wants. You got Obushi sitting there holding a briefcase who won G1, which completely dilutes that win. You got Jay White. Uh, at least he's the uh, Intercontinental Champion. But he doesn't even, th- you know, he wants bigger things. So, yeah, you're devaluing that that Intercontinental title like it's just a hunk of shit, Right. Uh, do you honestly believe, and again, I'm not accusing New Japan Pro Wrestling of rigging the numbers. You believe those numbers in that poll? Do you believe they're real? I was just going to, I was going to say, because we do have questions about, uh, so Nicole on the Discord said, any idea what the domestic fan base thinks with double title match? Do you think the Osaka crowd accurately represents what most Japanese fans think? And Ben says, do you see the double title match causing long-term issues with the Japanese fan base, considering the reactions in Osaka and online were so negative? Was the vote rigged? Uh, I I, I mean, Evan, Evan Deadly since W did make a good point on Twitter that, the only people, well, the people who are more likely to comment would be the people who are against it. So the people who are in favour of the idea are more likely to just vote yes and then not comment. So there is something to be said for the fact that you're more likely to get the people who dislike it commenting. But I, I just wonder if the fan vote had gone against it, eh, what the fuck would they have done? Right. What are they going to say? Screwed. Right. What are they going to say? Right. Ah, fans don't want it. But let's go forward, you know, right? This doesn't really make much sense. Uh, and again, I'm not accusing New Japan Pro Wrestling of uh, altering those numbers in any way, shape, or form. But... Uh, and again, this, this rambling promo that did no one any favors probably wouldn't help in that voting as well. So here's the thing. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. I like the excitement of it. I like the idea of not knowing. I, I like the idea of four guys that literally c- could be uh, champion by the time January 5th ends. I like it. I'm good with it. They, this, 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 on a show where everyone was excited about the build, this came across weird and awkward and clunky and you got guys in the ring that are burying the, the very idea of it even happening it didn't come across as new a, a new japan pro wrestling shining moment it really didn't um now do we have time to fix that do we have time to correct that do we have time to push a narrative that might be a little bit different than what was presented in that ring absolutely we do and I think everyone will be hyped for it. And I think there are plenty of people that are hyped for it. This closing segment left a lot to be desired. And uh, I think it fell flat. And But I think, again, this is a company that can recover. But this, these, are, these are not the moments 
that people are going to look back on and be like, ah, remember when they were on? Oh, no, they're not going to do that. But we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of bury that and rework this angle uh, a little bit stronger for everyone involved because right now it did feel a little bit flat. So it's like a do-over of the G1 block finals with uh, the same participants. How do you see the tournament playing out? Who wins the two matches on night one and the two matches on night two? I mean, to me, this this whole thing is is a real roundabout way. And I've always said it for Okada Naito. Like, I think that's the match that closes out Wrestle Kingdom. And, I, and, and again, I think there could have been an easier way to get there, but... but I'm into it, but I think at the end of the day, it's Naito Okada. Um, I I just don't see closing out the Tokyo Dome with you know Jay White against Naito or Jay White against Okada. I I just don't see it. I just think the money match and the match that everybody wants to see is Naito and Okada. Now I understand there is a lot of questioning. Why would you have that match on literally one day of build when you had it in your back pocket this whole time? It does question um, their decisions on this. But at the end of the day, I think January 5th, we see Okada Naito uh, for the title. All right. So then that's the G1 block final finalists. Losers getting their win back. So Naito gets his win back over Jay White. Okada gets his win back over Ibushi. And then we're left with this Play uh, the the losers match with uh, that will be as we're booking it Ibushi against Jay White. So G one final Ibushi beat Jay White. So you don't see Jay White getting his win back here. You think it's another win for Ibushi and Jay White taking two losses in this Wrestle Kingdom tournament. <sighs> Somebody's got to right. Who's going to be Who's going to be over? Jay White. Well, I did a, a Twitter poll because I was interested in what people thought. Uh, 393 people voted. 6% say Okada's taken two losses. 18% say Ibushi. 15% say Naito. And overwhelming majority, 61% think Jay White is taking two losses. I mean, to me, to me, Naito is walking away with the title, right? Um, at the end of the day, he's he is your he is your champion. Yeah, I mean. Do you think Ibushi takes two losses? That would be terrible. He would look like such a geek right. if he did. All right? I mean... Jay White, I think, could take that. I don't think it would hurt him too badly because, you know, he's the guy that everyone loves to hate. He's been pissing everyone off all year and I think fans at a big event like this would enjoy seeing him lose twice. And then, you know, if you do as he say, have the Chris Jericho feud to heat him back up and... I don't know. I haven't gone with the G1 or something. Who knows? But um, there you go. Right. I mean, to me, Jay White, Jay White's that guy that's taking two. Somebody's got to take two. I, I'm, 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 Jay, Jay has a lot. Jay doesn't have many dings. He doesn't have many dings. He'll be fine. And, and he did beat Okada at Tokyo Dome this year. Right. Give, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but Jay's got to take the two. Because any other way, Abushi just looks like a geek. Um, and, I, and again, I think to me, the end result on the fifth, you got to have Naito Okada, um, headlining the dome. 
I think that's where we were looking at this time last year. We were talking about Naito. So, uh, yeah, here we go. This is it's finally here. It's a, it's a weird way to get there, but I think that's where we're going with the fifth. Couple of questions about uh, well, Goto and Jay White. Tyler says with Goto getting the visual pin over Jay White, how does this affect his immediate future book uh, booking, if anything at all? On the flip side, how does this affect Jay White, if at all? And Infinity from the Discord says, how long do you think Jay White will stay in New Japan and especially in Bullet Club? I can imagine he's in it for the long haul, unlike the previous leaders. Um, I'm not sure I would read too much into Goto getting the visual pin over Jay White, unless you are. If the direction is Goto versus Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom, then Obviously, that plays into it because Gotto's still looking strong. You got that visual pin for you can hold on to that one, Gotto fans. But uh, I don't think that affects either Gotto or Jay White. And yeah, I think Jay White. I, I can't see him leaving New Japan anytime soon. No, Jay White's in in it for the for the long haul. I, there is a question that I do want to pose, and we got. I should send out a couple texts. I wonder whose contract is up. You know, this is the first year in a long time that we haven't had any of that speculation of who's leaving, who's not. And it is always around this time that we, you know, at least in the past couple of years, you get that, oh, that person's leaving or that, you know. So that might be something we might want to look into a little bit deeper of, okay, who's up? Uh, But I don't think Jay White is uh, a person that we need to be concerned with leaving anytime soon. I think he's sticking around. Uh, for the long haul, and yeah, Goto. Look to me, the the idea of Goto versus Kenta at the Tokyo Dome or Shibata versus Kenta. Uh, I mean, it's night and day to me. It's it's night and day when it comes to interest, passion, excitement. Um, I got my fingers crossed. I'm I'm putting my chips on Shibata. I hope it happens. And a quick preview for New Japan Showdown. So that'll be this Saturday, November 9th in San Jose, California in the San Jose Civic. So first match, we've got Ren Narita versus Alex Coglin. So who wins the Battle of the Young Lions, Damon? Uh, we'll give it to Alex. Uh, home turf. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go there. Then second match, we've got Aaron Solo and Jushin Thunder Liger versus Colt Cabana and Toriano, which is uh, an interesting choice for having... Uh, that well, that's the last Liger match on U.S. soil, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's teaming up with Aaron Solo against Colt Cabana and Yano. Wow! I mean, look, as a guy who traveled the country for Jushin Thunder Liger, that's uh, okay. <laughs> uh, as the kids would say, that is a choice. That is a choice. Uh, okay. I'm kind of glad I didn't spend any money flying out there. That's for fucking sure. All right. Third match then. Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks against El Desperado and Minoru Suzuki. So you imagine a big win for Suzuki going here. Yeah. And just looking over the two shows, it looks like these LA young lions are just getting fed to Suzuki goons. So uh, if you want to see... LA Dojo Young Lions getting beaten up. This is your chance. Yeah, and here's uh, what, here's, here's I'm sorry, Joel, yep. here's what here's what else we need. Sorry to step on you, but we need Suzuki to do some damage here because I can't. I don't want that guy to drink. <laughs> I want that guy. <laughs> I hit him so hard that he just can't attack sh- his liver. Yeah, the liver. Go Suzuki. Go for the liver. Go for the throat because I don't want him to be able to swallow beverages if this guy's going to try and outdrink us. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I need every advantage I can, so I might have to slip. 
uh, Suzuki some extra some extra money uh, to take care of some business. He's he's, he's I have a bounty. I have a bounty. I have a Suzuki. I have a bounty. I'm going to put a bounty on Carl Fredericks. Uh, I want him taken out because I don't want this strong zero challenge. Yeah, remember out. remember all the good that he did for the Takayama funds. Now yeah. it's time to return the favor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I have a henchman. <laughs> I feel like a manager. I feel pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Did they fly me out? And he's my, and oh, you would be so good as a, a, a manager, a spokesperson, yeah. an advocate for one of these wrestlers. Yes. All right. Book it. All right. What, what else we got in the show? Fourth match, we've got TJP, Juice Robinson, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Bushi Sanada Evil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Fifth match, we got Rocky Romero, Yo, and Hiroki Goto against Jado, Taiji Ishimori, and Kenta. So, again, worth pointing out here, we have Goto and Kenta on opposite sides of the match here. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, Jado taking the fall. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, sixth match. Oh, anything more? Oh, no, certainly not. No. <laughs> sixth match, British Cruiserweight Championship match, El Fantasmo versus Show. That's pretty good. I, I, I'm digging that. That might be that might be really good. Uh, show singles match is always a treat. That should be good. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I don't think we'll see a title change, but I like that. Looks good. Seventh match, IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match, Lance Archer versus David Finley. <sighs> I mean, I'm ho- the only thing I'm hoping for, I, I think Archer wins. Uh, I... Again, we've said it many weeks. Give me something different, David. Give me something different. Uh, I'm hoping there's a new coat of paint, something fresh, something new. Because if you're the same old David Finley, we got, we got, we're going to have some problems, right? We're going to have some problems. It's big ask for his first match back from a big injury, isn't it? Big singles title match with Lance. No, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, there'll be a little bit of ring rust. I'm sure he's been in there, you know, training. But yeah, in front of a crowd, big match a spotlight but here's the thing Archer's pinning him right oh yeah okay I mean we're right back where we started from right like it just seems weird that you're going to put him right in this match you haven't even built the guy and and he's I, I think isn't he there to spark the Juice Robinson comeback ah oh, you hurt my friend so I'm going to get you and get my belt back okay well I mean not for like nothing blood sport yeah, well, how does that help David Finley? I mean, he's been... He's he cares been... about David Finley. <laughs> well, I mean, you can. <laughs> no, okay, well, okay, here, here's something that they could do. Maybe they're going to go all in on Finjuice in World Tag League. So let's say Finley takes a narrow loss here, and then in the World Tag League, he gets his revenge. So let's say we have Finjuice defeating the Archer, let's say Archer Suzuki team. How we feel about Finjuice going deep, challenging for t- tag titles. How we feel about that? I, I like it. Just yeah. anything. Just freshen up. Anything that isn't G.O.D. versus Evil Sonata. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe. 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 But yeah, I think Dave's uh, taking a pinfall here. Absolutely. Okay. Eighth match. And guess who's taking the fall here? We got Shingo and Naito versus Jay White and Chase Owens. Mm. No, no, uh, no package pile driver uh, for, for, for one, two, three on Shingo. Imagine that he pins Naito. <laughs> Chase Owens takes Naito's spot in the tournament. 
Nice. He probably has more of a claim than fucking Naito. Um, yeah, and Chase is uh, lying down for that one. That's fine. I think that'd be a good match, though. I'm I actually, uh, I think that'd be pretty good. I'd like that on paper. Uh, and the main event: Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada versus Amazing Red and Kota Ibushi. Oof, they love Amazing Red in these spots, don't they? Um, which is fine. Will gets that. Will gets to scratch that itch, playing out his uh, his uh, childhood dreams. That'd be a good match, actually. That'd be a real good match. That should be fun. That should be fun. I can't. It's a pretty I, good card overall. I cannot believe that Liger match. <laughs> that one, that one blows me. That's away. a five pro wrestling match, isn't it? You hitting the random button. If somebody were to tell you Jushin Liger is going to have his last match in the United States, you could pick any opponents in a tag match against Yano and Cole Cabana. Woo-wee. All right. <laughs> what an emotional moment that will be. Yeah. <laughs> Tears yeah. are going to be flowing. <laughs> right. As Yano and Cabana are running around the ring like a pair of chickens. <laughs> Unbelievable. Fucking unreal. <sighs> All right. Well, we got that to look forward to, don't we? Yeah, and we've also got the New Japan Showdown on Monday, November 11th in LA, the Globe Theatre. I'll just quickly run through the whole card here. So we've got TJP and Amazing Red versus Aaron Solo and Alex Zane. It's written all in capital, so I assume I'm supposed to shout it. Second match, we've got Colt Cabana, Toriano versus Alex Cognon and Carl Fredericks. So Cabana and Yano teaming again. Maybe they're going to be together in World Tag League. Yeah. Third match, we've got Clark Connors, David Finley, Juice Robinson against El Desperado, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. Ah, oh, there we go. So Finley and Juice opposite Archer Suzuki. Fourth match, we've got Rocky and Ishii versus Evil Sonata. Okay, Evil and Sonata together. Hmm. Uh, fifth match, Ibushi versus Renarita singles match. That'll be good. Uh, sixth match, Sho, Yo and Goto against Fantasmo, Ishimori, and Kenta. That one looks quite tasty. Seventh match uh, and main event, Bushi, Shingo, Naito against Ghetto, Chase Owens, and Jay White. I mean, they're all fine. I mean... Significantly weaker than the San Jose one. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I look, I don't, I, do I expect G1? No, but I mean... I, these are small buildings... They're not, they're not, you know, American Airlines Center, but yeah, I mean, they're 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 putting on shows. These are these are random house show in the middle of Japan shows. It's, they're not anything special. Um, the, the, eventually, you're going to to like this is a show for people who haven't seen these people before. You know what I mean? Like. No one, no one's excited about these shows, Um, and it just feels like they're just multi-man tags and throwaway matches, and it's it's hard, it's hard to get juiced up for something like this. But I mean, we'll watch. But I'm Joel. Joel, I'm I'm still, I'm still, I'm still blown away by this fucking Liger match. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, if you are tuning into that emotional moment, that will be November 9th, uh, live on New Japan Worlds. Uh, that will be the San Jose show. Only. They're not putting the uh, LA show on that. So uh, there you go. So we'll be discussing that next time we see you and hopefully previewing the World Tag League with the teams on hand. So all that remains to say is uh, you can visit redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to make a donation throw a few coins our way 
show your love. And also thank you to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Again, use promo code SuperJCast to get 20% off and free shipping. Please join our Discord channel where we might be uh, canvassing opinions for uh, nominees in our end of year awards. Although maybe not if <laughs> the first one today was anything to go by. Uh, you can find the link to our Discord in the show notes. I might give it another try, Damon. I'm a patient man. Uh, visit ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast to get one of our cool t-shirts. Massive thanks to editor Dan. Uh, visit his YouTube channel and on Twitter at EscapeTheBoxUK. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.